So we're getting to the starting goaltenders here. Darcy Kemper, 2-0. 148 goals against in the Stanley Cup Final, a 923 save percentage and one shutout, a 16 save shutout in that variety. And on the other side of it will be Andre Vasilevsky. There's a lot of talk about his play, 0-2, 545 goals against, 838 save percentage, obviously no shutouts on that end. Will things change? Now, in terms of what people are saying that Tampa needs to do, the most difficult part of it is kind of playing the way Colorado plays. And the way Colorado is playing right now makes it wholeheartedly difficult to be able to get into that situation and change the narrative. But here we go. The puck goes back to the big cat here, and the Bolts will try to go left to right, but they immediately turn this one over, and the shot goes up and over Andre Vasilevsky as Colorado still keeps this in the zone. As we're really just underway here at Amelie Arena, if there ever was a must-win right now, again, I know it's not an elimination game tonight, but if Tampa goes down 3-0, this series might very well be night-night. So Devin Tays has it now as he plays it across the red line. Now it's in across the right face-off dot and then all the way down the ice where it goes back to Devin Tays. So Tays going to take his time in behind Darcy Kemper here. Again, this is Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals. We're at Amelie Arena for the venue change for Games 3 and 4 at least. But Tampa Bay is going to have to show us something if there is indeed going to be a series extension. As this goes across the blue, it's loose out in front, but Andre Plot couldn't get to it. And this goes back as Rantanen will kiss this one off the kick play, and it goes left side of the inboards and around the red line. Picked up now by Zach Bogosian. He puts this down the ice. It's going to be an icing. So it's going to be a quick icing here. Let me pull up my ESPN box score. 18.45 left to go in this first period. Cooper, let me get you in on the call here. I appreciate you joining me as always. And spamming a little bit of likes because that's probably whatever we're going to get. But we're not here for that. We're here for the broadcast and the analysis. So I'm going to get Cooper Hopkins in here now. Stamkos. Wins the draw, shots this series from sports at 68-38. to 38. That doesn't even count shots on goals. We get another icing in favor of the Avalanche. So, Cooper, as we get an icing, I made an early point in this broadcast that I wanted to be able to ask you a question in the first intermission. I'm going to keep my eyes and ears open to whether or not you already ask this before we hit the intermission, but we will discuss at intermission. It obviously, it depends on the score line. But just uh, keep in mind, I got my eyes and ears open as far as what I'm going to be asking you if you don't already ask me at first by the end of the first period. So the Tampa Bay Lightning win the draw. They're stuck in their own end right now across the red line. Kucherov trying to find this thing and play it ahead. Here's a chance for Sorelli. Again, no Braden Point and no Burakovsky for Tampa and Colorado respectively tonight. Nechuskin gets muscled off the puck. Sorelli trying to find it in between the right side of the faceoff dot as this gets spun back around. Kucherov trying to free it here for Sorelli, but good battle here by Nechuskin and Sorelli and Kucherov. And within the last about 30 seconds, 
Here comes the captain, Gabriel Laniscog, trying to fight off Brandon Hagel. Sets up the Chuskin in the slot, but good defense by Tampa to be able to knock that away. We haven't said that too many times in this series. Alex Kalorn now trying to do some work here against Landeskog. Set it on for a big chance in two stops by Kemper. Battled out of the air. And now this goes back on the cage, but I think this is going to be blown dead with a hand pass. 17.39 left to go in the first. Well, what a way to join the broadcast, John. Thanks for having me as usual. Of course, I'm showing up fashionably late, acting like this isn't a massive game in the Stanley Cup final for the home squad Tampa Bay Lightning. And those Lightning just had the two best chances of this early game three. Uh, Darcy Kemper, great positioning there to handle the shot off the right pad and then gets one. I believe the rebound comes off either the pad again or potentially the blocker. But he stuck that toe out. Did what he needed to do against Colton, and now we're back underway. Take it away with the play-by-play. -play. Darren Helm trying to set up a cross pass here. Pagosian trying to find Perry on the other side. And a couple turnovers here, but here comes Colorado off a of three-on-two. And I think we're going to have an offside entry here with 17-17 left to go in the first. So we talk about it, Cooper, in the sense of what a massive game three this is. But I never thought I would be saying this again. I won't give away the question, but... What a massive Game 3 it is for Tampa in respect. Did you ever think you'd be thinking that? I, John, to be honest, I did not expect, well, who could have expected what took place in Game 2, a 7 nothing victory for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they must be feeling supremely confident here. And uh, we get one of the abs waved out of the face-off circle. And uh, I'm going to throw it back to you. We'll keep discussing this uh, in the next break. So across the red line, the puck will go is... Pat Maroon trying to find his way through in Tampa. They've been pretty noticeable here trying to get some puck possession. And it got tipped out in front. Maroon got a piece of it and it went up and out of play again. So between this game three again, and we're just a little three minutes exhausted from the first stanza, we've actually seen shots for Tampa. And I can say that, not trying to joke in the sense of they haven't really got a lot of opportunities. It turned out to be a 16-save shutout for Darcy Kemper in Game 2, and he's already had to make four saves in less than three minutes. So it is seems to be all-system go here for Tampa. They know what's on the line. they got to get it done. Right off the face-off, this bounces back to Tampa across the red line in Colorado trying to escape with this thing, and they do. As they get it across the left side red line, Alex Newhook will get this in deep. That was a good camera shot by Sportsnet before he took a stick. Maroon passes this across, and Tampa can try to break out here again. They are in the dark blue jerseys here going left to right here in Game 3 from the first period across your radio dial. Colorado is in the white and maroon side and going left to right. And Manson shoots it up in the air, and we get another stoppage. 16-26 left to go in Game 3 of the first. So at this point, we are several minutes into the game now, John. No shots and real, uh, no real offensive scoring opportunities for our visitors from Colorado. Tampa Bay, dare I say it, looking like they have uh, leveled things out a little bit after getting their doors blown off, as you like to say, uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, Amelie Arena is rocking right now, and Tampa Bay with the uh, momentum to start here early. Yes, it's a far cry from what we've seen in this series, but they lost the offensive zone. Draw it went out in front of Vasilevsky, and he made a huge left pad save. My goodness, that was almost a golden opportunity for Colorado. 
It's put up and out of play again. Just as we see the good fortunes there for Tampa, the big cat with the biggest save of the game so far early. And those were absolutely cat-like reflexes right there from number 88 in blue. Uh, I'm getting the ESPN replay. I should say ABC replay right here. Hey, same company. What the heck? <laughs> but that one bounces off of a defender right in front. Vasilevsky completely spread out left to right, slides across, gets the toe of the skate on the initial deflection, and then pushes off again to save the backhand chance that Comfort was looking at right on the doorstep. Incredible opportunity. McCarr to Taze now as Colorado will get this one down the ice. Again, no Burakoski with the hand injury for Colorado, but it just doesn't seem to matter who they throw out on these lines. Between this particular bottom six, especially for Colorado, the biggest story is the bottom six have been doing the most damage. John Ruda trying to take the uh, Arturi Lekkinen for a ride, and he's going to go right to the bench just to make sure that he's okay and not shaken up. This goes back to Eric Chernak now. He's in behind the cage of Andre Vasilevsky. Got about 15.30 remaining here in this opening stanza, scoreless. It is now three shots on goal to two in favor of Tampa. It was back-to-back big-time saves for Vasilevsky. Vel Nechuskin, excellent in this series right now. He's got four points in two games here for Colorado, coming over from the Dallas Stars. It seems like he's really found a home. Bowen Byram. Plays this one across for Nathan McKinnon. Shoots it into the screen, but it never got to Vasilevsky. And this goes between Gabriel Landeskog. Picked up now by Anthony Sorelli, but it's turned over. McKinnon sets it up. Scores! Colorado immediately again. And guess who it was? The Chukskin. John, what an incredible sequence right there. This is what Colorado does. They're on their heels for a few moments here. We're five minutes in exactly into this first period, and the team wearing white are celebrating because they kept the puck in the offensive zone, even with more chances leading to this first goal, more chances for Tampa Bay. Colorado turns right around, use their stick handling, positioning, and just toughness on the blue line to keep the puck in the O-zone, and this is what they can do. Incredible sequence. And you see McKinnon draw both defenders deep toward the blue paint. And then a nice, soft shot, not even full power on that wrister. It floats over the right pad of Vasilevsky, and we have a one nothing hockey game. That was incredible poise, Cooper. And then Bowen Byram on the left side of that blue line. Just be able to keep that puck in, to keep that play alive. And as you said, calm, cool, and calculated on that finish. That was really clinical. And Colorado, again, it doesn't matter who they throw out there. They seem to be pretty confident with any kind of shot they take in the series. We have a little bit of extended talking to in between John Cooper and the Zebras. I don't know if they want to challenge for offside or what is happening right now, but I think we're going to be getting back into the play here. So I'm getting another look on the Sportsnet side for a possible... That puck is out on my side between Ball and Byron keeping that in, uh, Cooper. Yeah, I'm getting a look at it right now as well, John, and I do see some white ice in between the puck and the blue line. The officials uh, right on top of that play. I mean, we're talking within three or four feet of Byram. Uh, uh, However, the official appeared to be behind the stick blade of Byram. So this is going to be a very close call. There does appear on the ABC overhead replay, there does appear to be a sliver of white neutral zone ice in between the puck and the blue line of Tampa Bay. That would make this play offside, and that would make the goal neutralized. Very, very big moment here coming up 
in this game three. Oh, so that overhead that you're referring to, Cooper, I just got that on the Sportsnet side, and that one looked a lot closer than the first view that I saw when I thought it was clearly out. This one is very close, but this should be here for Tampa where the goal should be negated. Do you think so? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you here. I do see about probably, I mean, it can't be more than a half inch, maybe an inch maximum, uh, and it looks like the decision is coming down here, although no, the headsets are still on with the officials. So Natushkin and uh, the rest of his teammates just keeping warm right now, skating some short laps, trying to stay warm as this challenge is underway. And Colorado doing an excellent job to hold the zone, as I was saying as we chatted after the goal was scored, but this could all be wiped out. John, huge moment right here. So here's the thing for me. We've seen a lot between all these games that we've done. We haven't really had a coach's challenge, so this is our first one to deal with here. And regardless, again, if you got the call wrong, it's going to be the goal's going to stand and there's going to be an automatic penalty, but I think John Cooper has to challenge this one regardless, just for the momentum to keep everything else in order. Wouldn't you think so? Uh, absolutely, and it, there was definitely discussion between John Cooper, uh, some of his assistant staff, and uh, even Steven Stamkos, a uh, lightning captain. I think they were all in agreement, and uh, we're getting now a, a digital zoom on that overhead shot that was initially provided by ABC. And uh, what I'm seeing, John, is about an inch worth of that neutral zone ice between the puck and the blue line. Uh, getting another digital zoom here. This is all real time for me. I think this goal will be wiped away. It's funny, every time, again, we can't really sit and speculate because they have better cameras and stuff in the, on the zebra side than we do, but in the sense of as everybody was waiting, waiting for that, waving for the immediate challenge, the longer it takes, I always have a little bit of concerns on my side, but I, I do agree with you. Hopefully we get the official call here soon. It seems pretty definitive to you and I, I would think, but this is taking a long time. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I think let's let's just go into the hypothetical while we have a moment here, I think, for Jared Bednar and his squad. Uh, should this game be reset to 0-0, I think what the Avalanche have done is show that, uh, as they've done constantly throughout the regular season and the playoffs, even when they're pushed, even when their opponent has more or better opportunities to score, they are so skilled, so organized, and so confident, they can essentially strike at any time. Now, we saw Tampa Bay be able to do that in Game 1. They scored two goals in less than a 60-second period to keep that game close. In fact, they tied it at that point in that contest. Uh, that was certainly not the case in Game 2, and here's our decision. Let's see what we got. A successful challenge here for John Cooper. The Colorado goal is waved off. We are back at square. So that is a big, big moment. And again, you'd say, John and Cooper, why are you thinking it's so big in the first period? But I'm telling you, the way this series has been, that is a big call going the way of the Lightning. Absolutely. Colorado looked like they'd open the door, potentially open the floodgates. We saw the floodgates burst wide open and drown the Lightning in Game 2. Uh, but now we are back underway. John, I'll throw it back over to you. Lots more to talk about. About that challenge. So we're going to see now if Tampa and Colorado can both regroup after that short little respite there. Essentially, that kind of works as a timeout. So Hagel, and that was Paul, with a shot that tried to go across the right side of the bar, but that also went up and out of play. So I think I've said that about six times already, but it's 14 to 37. It was a good setup there from Perry to Paul, and I could see he was trying to aim for that low side right crossbar, and it just went up and out of play. 
Johnson, what are you seeing here now with the shot count four to two? Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay in that first five-minute period prior to the goal that was now taken away, they look to be the stronger team offensively. But Colorado seemed to buckle down a little bit here. I know we have a face-off coming up to Kemper's left, uh, so we'll get back to the live play here. But I want to get your thoughts on the uh, defense of both squads when we have a moment. Kucherov, his shot gets stopped there by Kemper, and we can go ahead and talk about that immediately because we have a... Uh stoppage here. I think uh, Tampa's come out with a sense of urgency that they need to, but to your point here, Cooper, it's been good for Colorado as well. you got to expect a little bit of pushback, and Colorado's been able to do that. We'll get more of the stats in a moment. So Lekkonen has his pass go all the way back across the red line where Tampa can dump this one in again. If you're just joining us, the one nothing Colorado goal from Nachuskin was waved off because of an offsides. Ruda gets his shot blocked, and are we going to have a penalty? Yes, we will. So I'm going to pull up the ESPN box score here on the side and see who it's going to be on. Yeah, interesting play right here. We had Andre Palat going in heavy in the corner, and then a few bodies going down just outside the crease. And uh, uh, ESPN's cutting away here. John, did you see the call? JT Comfer, we're our favorite player on the Avalanche for the first two games. The spark plug is going to the box. Yes, he is. Looks like an interference call. It's number 37 for Colorado. I'm getting a replay right here. He was uh, looks to be cross-checking Stamkos. Yes, gets his skates mixed up as he's cross-checking Stamkos in those back numbers uh, where you see the nameplate. He takes him out of the play effectively. Stamkos pops right back up. But that was absolutely an interference call. Two minutes and the first man advantage coming up to the Lightning. So, Cooper, we've seen throughout this series that Tampa Bay's power play has pretty much been non-existent. Ever since a pretty good one where they didn't score from the very first in Game 1, this has been something that needs to be addressed. And we will see if Tampa can draw first blood in this game, already being down 2 nothing in this series. So, Hedman trying to get set up now. As this goes across for the captain, Steven Stamkos, he finds Hedman in the high slot. Kucherov likes that right dot, but Colorado knows that at this point. They're going to try to cut off that space. This goes back to Hedman. Slap shot from the blue. It's loose. Kemper made the save, and Kucherov's going to pick this one up now. This goes back to Hedman in the high slot, trying to look for a screen. Now in behind the net. Picked up now by Perry, but this is going to get blown dead as it was played by a high stick with a minute 13 left to go in the Tampa power play. Interesting sequence right there. You uh, called it live as we saw Darcy Kemper sprawling down on the ice. He was out of it for a moment, but the uh, Lightning could not get the puck up and out of the trapezoid. They were to Kemper's right. Had anyone been in the high slot for a pass right there, it would have been a golden opportunity for a one-timer. But uh, some good pressure here from Tampa Bay. They haven't always put the pressure on this way with the man advantage. And we're looking at a potential two-goal swing. The Colorado goal being wiped out if Tampa Bay can score here. Be a huge moment. And this must-win game three for Tampa. I know you can't play the puck with a high stick, but when I saw Stamkos do that, that's absolutely nasty to be able to show that kind of skill. So now Tampa trying to set up across the red line here and pick this one all the way across between Nikita Kucherov. So Kucherov and Perry are on the line together. It's a little bit of grit and skill and sandpaper on that same line. So that's interesting here for Cooper's squad. I haven't really seen that. So here's a chance now for Colorado. Shot gets stopped there by the big cat Vasilevsky. And now we're going to get another stoppage with 41 seconds left to go on Tampa's power play. 12.51 left in the first. 
So things uh, a little choppy here in terms of the play back and forth between these two teams. Yeah, and yeah like you said, John, 41 seconds left in the power play. Uh, JT Comfer still on the box. Interference call. That's the first penalty of the game. Someone's on the Colorado bench checking his front teeth. And wait a second. John, are you seeing this too? We have a high stick. Is that Andre Palat going Andre into the box for Tampa Bay? He's going to go to the box. And I was wondering because Andre Palat got hit in the face. And then I think he got a high sticking retaliation. So that's going to negate this... Uh, Power play for Tampa on one of those things that you just can't do that Tampa's been doing throughout the series is letting Colorado get on the main advantage too many times. So now it's a four-on-four four for about 35 seconds. Face-off is one as it goes back to Devin Tays. Kel McCarr works his way to the high slot off the backhand. Big save there by Vasilevsky as he gloves and holds. John, so a little bit tough here to get any momentum going because there have been so many stoppages and we had the extended break. We have 30 seconds of four-on-four four time coming up here, and then we'll have about a minute. I think it's going to be a minute and change uh, for Colorado on their first power play. So are you expecting to see anything from Colorado? Do you think that they're going to try to turn and burn and, and get that first goal back? I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, anytime you look at them on the power play here, Cooper, you can't expect anything else less. And then I, w I will say this, although I know it's very early to say it, and it's probably horribly wrong, but Vasilevsky looks to be the best he's looked throughout the series here early, with 12.39 still left to go in the first, and that is wholly important. Yeah, absolutely right, and, and we're here on a brief commercial break the first of the first period uh john i just have to ask you i was not uh, fortunate enough excuse me fortunate enough to be on the call with you for game number two again i cannot stress it enough seven nothing colorado who could have thought that would be the case in the stanley cup final against a two-time defending champion can you just share with everyone listening and myself included what was that experience like for you on the call? Uh, you know, I wasn't able to watch the game live, but did uh, go through the highlight package, of course, to catch myself up. And Colorado just looked unbothered by anything Tampa Bay threw at them. It was just avalanche, avalanche, avalanche from wire to wire. Is that what you saw? Was there ever a moment where there was vulnerability? Or did Colorado really show that level of dominance at the highest stage? I say, Cooper, I mean this with uh, wholeheartedly here. As much as I love working with you, you did not miss anything here in Game 2, and you picked a good game to skip out on because there wasn't much going on here for the Tampa Bay side. Yes, it was all Colorado. In fact, if you want to go a step further into Game 1, even though it was 4-3 and it seemed closer, Colorado has outshot, outhit, face-off, power play, everything else in this series, every single point, number, aspect, and stat, Points to Colorado in this series. It was all Colorado all day long between power plays, penalty kill, even strength. Every single side, they dominated. Absolute destruction. And it hasn't been a game like that since, what was it, an 8 nothing win for Pittsburgh in those days with Yamir Yager and Mario Lemieux against the Minnesota North Stars. So that tells you how much domination as that was as Stamkos is off sides. Yeah, but you know, John, my takeaway here, and thank you for the, the recap, I mean, you essentially cemented what anyone who watched that game live saw, you know, just a crushing win 
for the Colorado Avalanche, foot on neck from start to finish. But, you know, here with 10 seconds to go in the four on four, uh, you know, it, this is a tough one because there's really no flow to the game yet. You know, we're about seven minutes in. I'm interested to see what happens when we get some extended back and forth action without too many whistles. I would just throw this out there. Again, maybe no flow doesn't favor anybody, but I think Tampa Bay would take the no flow in comparison to flow because every single one of those ones, and I'm not talking about the progressive insurance lady, every single one of those plays have belonged to Colorado instead of Tampa. So we can take this uh, little bit of uh, juggling against the car transmission, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm getting a, a fun fact here. So tip of the cap to ESPN. Uh, Stanley Cup final players reaching this uh, stage of the playoffs three straight seasons. Marion Hosa and Corey Perry, the only two players in NHL history to do it. Three seasons, three different franchises. Two guys have done that. Pretty interesting. And we'll have to see if uh, the old scrappy Corey Perry, uh, maybe, he, maybe he pops up with the lightning tonight and makes a difference. He hasn't been too noticeable in this series, but who really has? Colorado's just been that good. No, he's only been noticeable, Cooper, when he's sitting there trying to get on uh, somebody's leg and crush them within game two. I can't remember who that was. It could have been Point or somebody else. That's what Corey Perry is known for. Marion Hosa was on the wrong side of that between Pittsburgh and Detroit, but he got several cups with the Blackhawks as we're back underway here. Colorado now killed off that four-on-four four and part of that power play. So now this goes to the Avalanche here as they go back in toward mid-ice, and Landeskog will try to get that set up. So 51 out of 64, about 80% is the Lightning penalty kill, which is about average of where you would want to be. But again, Colorado has just been so good. Now their shot scores, and we're going to see if there's going to be any interference on that. But immediately, it was waved a goal, traffic out in front. And uh, I want to see if I can get anything definitive here, Cooper. You know, John, I, as is always the case with us, I'm on a couple-second delay here. Palat is up and skating out of the box now as Landis Gog gets fist bumps from his teammates. I saw what you called during the live action. I saw that a, a, an Avalanche player was bumped into Vasilevsky. Looked like Chernak was involved there. Uh, there was a cross-check in the back. Vasilevsky was affected. He immediately turned to the referees, but Chernak checks Landis Gog into Vasilevsky as the puck is bouncing off of Landis Gog's leg and falling to the ice. He's able to backhand that one into the net. There's a really interesting sequence here. We're going to get multiple replays. John, are you seeing what I'm seeing? From what you just related to me is now play is back on the ice. I would have said maybe take a look at that, but considering, like you said, Chernak uh, pushing Landeskog into Vasilevsky, that's on Chernak. So we have a good goal. So now it's one nothing. Colorado 8-1 and in the 2022 playoffs when scoring the first goal. Tampa's got to do everything they can to buck this trend. They're already down 2 nothing in this series with 11-10 left to go in the first. So my apologies on not having the definitive goal call there, but again, you got to put it on Eric Chernak for not allowing Andre Vasilevsky to make that save when he's shown you between the previous four shots that he probably was on his game. You give Colorado a step, they're going to take a mile. So Lena Scott gets his 10th of the playoffs. Here come the Avalanche again off the slap shot, gets flooded and partially blocked there by Sergachev. 
And now this goes back to Tampa as they try to regroup. Again, they've had the luxury of having one goal called back against them. This could be 2 nothing Avalanche. And again, it would sound like all of the same starts that we've talked about throughout this series. Ross Colton off the kick play now, setting up to the defense, looking for a screen out in front. Perry trying to find it now. So Perry, Colton, Pagosian, all the sandpaper guys getting the extent of time right now. For John Cooper's squad. We'll see if that continues. Sergachev's shot goes wide, and this goes back to Corey Perry. He's going to try to set it up now as he's back across the blue line now. They switched with Nick Paul in the left side red. He's going to throw back to the right side defense, and they're going to go off the kick plate, and this goes back to Arturi Lakinen. He's stuck in behind his own end, and now this goes back to Sergachev across the red line. So Tampa, yes, they've had some sustained zone pressure, but for Again, it's one of those situations, I don't want to always use the same phrases I use to try to catch myself, but it could be 2 nothing. and Tampa's pretty fortunate it's only one, as Darren Helm is going back into uh, the bench here. This is spun around the kick plate and picked up now by Eric Chernak. Chernak lost it. Going to try to find some help there with Ryan McDonough. He's going to wait until the middle of the blue paint, just in case a pass comes through. And now here's a chance for Tampa with Pat Maroon. He's going to have to try to make something happen himself. He gets cut off the puck as Bowen Byram denies him the space. And Darcy Kemper will go ahead and play this one. Belmar gets hit up high. Fans want a call there, but they're not getting one as the play is still live. Riley Nash also on the ice. And now the refs are going to call something here with 9.06 left to go in the first. I think it's going to go against Colorado. Yeah, I think you're right, John. My initial uh, look at this was a holding call. One of the uh, linesmen came in, and is that uh, is that new hook going? And yes, it is. It's going to be new hook. I believe the call is holding two minutes for that penalty, a minor penalty as we go to break here. And, and John, this is another huge opportunity. What we just saw is a storyline that you and I have talked about at length. Uh, of course, when we were taking care of game one, this is a Colorado Avalanche team that capitalizes when given opportunities. Scoring on the power play, Landis God gets it done. He gets that first goal back for Colorado. It's one nothing abs. Tampa Bay must score on the power play. <laughs> they cannot find a way to finish, and that's a credit to Colorado's defense. But more now more than ever, Tampa Bay must tie this game. If this is going to be a 1-1 game going into the second, we got ourselves... A contest. If this is going to be one or who knows how many to nothing in favor of the visitors, we could be looking at game two all over again. So as the scoreline sick, Cooper, and like I said, when you looked at it, I was going to ask you a question the first intermission. That's still the one, the one that we're going to discuss. But I feel like you're on the precipice of uh, asking it before I do because the scoreline is hitting where it is. And, um, yeah, I mean... There's a lot of things to talk about as far as ESPN, Sportsnet, Radio, anything else you want to talk about. What does Tampa have to do to get back in this series? But more importantly, have they shown you the ability and the belief that they can get back in this series? I think the early answer and returns are no. You know, I, I, I agree with you based on the eye test. What I'm seeing tells me that what your assessment that you just gave is correct. Now, interesting stat popped up for me here. I want to relay that. Total official scoring chances for Tampa Bay in Game 2, three. Mm. Now, they have had that many thus far. We're just over halfway through the first period. They've had three scoring chances officially 
on the stat sheet that's this point at this point in the first period so that's something that bodes well but if you can't get the job done and you have an extra skater on the ice i don't care how many scoring chances you get the defense and the goaltending of colorado they're going to shut you down and now we're underway tampa bay with the man advantage Kucherov with a glorious opportunity, but somehow Kemper was able to deny that one out of the air. And this goes back to Victor Hedman from Vasilevsky in the goal crease. So we'll see if Tampa can replicate that one again. They didn't score, but that speaks to the point. they got to get more chances, and they already have more in this game than they did in all of Game 2, which is just amazes me, Cooper, when you even bring that stat up. So Palat, Kucherov, Hedman can't keep it in the zone. 8.20 left to go in the first period. About a minute 15 left to go in the Tampa power play. It's their second of the game. We'll see if this one can actually be a whole power play. As Corey Perry leaves it back to Victor Hedman. He's working his way to the high slot. Set up for Kucherov. Let's the shot go. He's trying to aim for five hole. And Kemper stopped that one. And I like that adjustment there for Kucherov. It's not a small one there. Don't worry about just sitting near the right dot looking to pass. It's Nikita Kucherov. Fire some wrist shots on net and let's get something going here. Don't overcomplicate things. I think that's what Tampa's probably guilty of a little bit. As Nikita, uh, Mikhail Sergachev excuse me, is going to bring this one down the ice. And it gets cleared here by Colorado. And Sergachev's going to try again like it never happened. So 30 seconds left to go on the power play. As this goes back to Tampa now across the left side wing. They're going to race this one in. They're going to try to put this back to defense once again in Mikhail Sergachev on the left side, but it goes down the ice. So the big cat is going to leave it there for his defenseman, and they're going to try this one more time again. Ten seconds left to go on the power play. Pat Maroon able to stay on sides. Darren Helm, you got to watch out for his speed still at the advanced age on that kill. Good outlet pass. Devin Tays one-on-one. -on -one. He goes for the rocket. And the slap shot gets stopped there by Vasilevsky, and the penalty is killed. So Tampa is now 0 for 2. They got four shots on their last power play. Here's a chance off the backhand. Scores! What a goal! Anthony Sorelli! We are tied at 1! Anthony Sorelli doing it all by himself, getting around the defense. And John, what an interesting goal. This is what happened on Colorado's goal. Didn't even really fully get a shot off. It looks like he was trying to deke forehand to backhand. And this one slides in between the right skate and the post of Darcy Kemper. If I'm seeing this correctly, I'm going to get a replay here. So let me take a look at this. Tampa Bay breaks out of their own zone. They come through the neutral zone, three on two, essentially, as they have come down the left wing. And Sorelli was trying to go toe drag to his backhand. He actually leaves it skittering across the ice and from the right side of Kemper's crease that one just sneaks in on the correct side of the post it actually went five hole so John we got ourselves a tie hockey game so he's trying to toe drag this puck he kicks it back to his skate and somehow he puts the puck five hole through Kemper my goodness what a skill move even though that might have been a little bit of a break but we still have a brand new hockey game here tied at one and again I can't use that term too loosely here but again that's just something we have to say Lina Skog, Nachuskin now sets it up for a big-time bomb Vasilevsky made the save but it goes back to Bowen Byram Byram plays it across McKinnon lets it go and that gets blocked. Bowen Byram picks it back up, whistles it around the kick plate. Tampa trying to get this out. It eludes the stick of Nathan McKinnon. Finds Bowen Byram now with Val Nachuskin. Val Nachuskin off the forehand. Good drop pass to 
McKinnon, and he almost made something happen out of nothing there, still goes and gets the puck himself, and now this goes back to Johnson. This one's going to get blasted around the inboards, picked up now by Colton, and he's going to need some help in behind the office of Vasilevsky. So Colorado, every single time they get scored on, what do they do? They continue to put their foot back on the gas, and they don't seem the least bit bothered by it. Corey Perry now to Hedman. Here's a chance for Hagel, and he blew a tire, but before that, Kemper held the puck. Yeah, John, some interesting developments here. Uh, both goalies have made very strong saves at big moments in this game so far, as we have 535 remaining in the first period. 1-1 between the Lightning and the Avalanche. What I've seen from Kemper, though, has been just a little bit, I mean, ever so slightly, John, slightly shakier play as opposed to his counterpart on the other end of the ice. Rebound control is something I'm going to keep an eye on. There was no rebound on the Sorelli goal, but as we literally as I talk about it, I see that five-hole shot yet again. And what a move. We're back to live action here. I'll get back to my thoughts in just a second. You take it away, John. Well, you can get right back to it, Cooper, because we're going <laughs> to stoppage here. I see it. So, uh, so 11 shots for Tampa Bay, 9 for the Avalanche, and it looks like we're going to get a commercial break here. So are you seeing what I'm seeing with rebound control? Even Vasilevsky has had a moment or two where that puck has bounced out in front. Uh, I will give credit to the shooter. Uh, I forget who just let a blue line blast go for Colorado. That was at 98 miles per hour. Thanks to ESPN for that readout. But, uh, yeah, John, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on rebound control. Is that something you're seeing, or maybe am I focusing in on uh, something too granular? No. The rebound controls are very, very important, and especially here for Tampa in terms of goaltending and what they want to see improve for Vasilevsky. Again, as you said, you give any one of these teams a chance, they're going to take advantage of it. Uh, I don't want to say this too lightly here, Cooper, but from what I saw, especially in Game 2, you could put a construction pylon in the back end of the net with Darcy Kemper land to make 16 saves, Colorado winning 7-0. Uh, something has to change, and the way that you can make some of those things change is by holding on to the rebounds and making the saves that you're supposed to make. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something else to, to keep an eye on, of course, you know, there's going to be reverberations from the decision to wipe away Colorado's first goal due to that very narrow offside. Again, we're talking about an inch of neutral zone ice, that white ice showing between the puck uh, on Byram's stick and the blue line that delineates the line between neutral ice and Tampa Bay's ozone. Had that goal stood, Colorado scores again. We're looking at a 2 nothing, potentially a 2-1 game. Uh, and if Colorado gets an inch, you know they're going to take a mile. But right now we have a tie game. Very interesting as we have just over five minutes to go here before our first break. So I think I'll just delineate this one properly here. Cooper and I are looking for any kind of a situation where this game is going to be close. And I'm not going to say that the Stanley Cup Finals would never be worth watching. We would never bring that point up. But you're just not used to seeing those type of blots here, especially on this type of stage. And Tampa really needs to try to find it here. You would think about ball arena and holding serve here for Colorado. I think it's very important that Tampa does the same here in game three and four as we just put venues back to Amelie Arena. So the faceoff is lost there by Anthony Sorelli. And now Devin Tays has this near the left dot. The rebound goes all the way up toward the right side of the kick play, but it's going to get blown dead. 5-19 left to go in the first. Shots on goal are 11-10 in favor of the Bolts. 
Yes, indeed, and something we've seen throughout this opening period, uh, no real extended play with the absence of officials' whistles. We've seen some choppy play here, uh, pucks up and over the glass. Uh, of course, we've had multiple penalties so far uh, in this contest. And again, I'm still waiting for that first extended period of, let's say, three-plus minutes of no whistles. Usually, as John pointed out earlier in the broadcast, that would favor Colorado. So Tampa Bay's got to capitalize. While the play is choppy, while they can get set up in the style they like, they've got to make a difference. Devin Tays turns it over, leaves it, stamp goes, Pallant scores! That's how you take advantage! Tampa goes up 2-1! Andre Pallant right there basically does that all by himself with one drop pass to the Lightning captain. I've got to see this on replay as he pumps his fist, heads to the bench, and Tampa Bay has a lead for the first time in, I believe, John, I believe in the entire series. I'm going to have to look back at that one and see the way game one went. But we're in game three now, and Tampa Bay has flipped the script after getting smashed 7 nothing. Andre Pallott shows patience, drops off for Stamkos at the top of the circle. Stamkos with a laser-accurate pass, and from right on the doorstep, nothing Kemper could do. It's 2-1 Tampa Bay. And you're right, Cooper. It is the first time. Nachuskin has it now toward the left side wing. I'll get back to my other point I was going to make in a moment, but there's so much action here for Colorado. You never know when they're going to score. Nachuskin of Alaniskog into the right side dot. McKinnon also throwing the body. Good active stick check there by Kalorn to just get that puck out of the zone. And Hagel will dump this one in deep. 4.30 left to go in the first period. Tampa Bay has taken the lead. 2-1. 12 shots on goal to 10. Now Johnson trying to get this one out of his own end. Alnachuskin as well. And they push this toward the red line. And that was just an errant pass there from Taze to McCarr. Almost like a gust of wind blew that one away. Ross Colton out in front. Darcy Kemper made the save. But it was just one of those passes that looked pretty routine. But sometimes when you make that mistake, just like the snap of the fingers, Cooper, as you like to do, that's how quickly it happens. Boy. And I am so impressed at the mental fortitude of the home team here at Amelie Arena. Uh, we're getting another look uh, on the ESPN feed here, I should say ABC feed. Uh, of course, folks, interchangeable, as I mentioned earlier. But Andre Palat, his patience through the neutral zone to find open ice, keep his feet moving. That's something that I hadn't said out loud yet, John, but had been, run, no pun intended, running through my head. We'll talk about these teams moving their feet here. We have four minutes to go in the first. I'll let you get back to the live action. And let's not dismiss. Andre Palat's got ten goals in the playoffs right now. It's probably not a name that people will mention first. And I think we have Nick Paul maybe going to the players' bench. I see a little bit of a cut feed there on sports, and we'll try to get that relayed to you as well. I believe that was the number. But we're still in play. The rebound gets pushed away there by Vasilevsky near the left dot. Shot by Manson got brushed aside, and this one goes down the ice. So hopefully they show that there was this. This was Nick Paul. So Nick Paul toward the right side of the old boards. He gets tripped up a little bit. He runs right in the right boards and gets injured. Who got pushed? Was that Manson or Johnson that pushed Nick Paul into the inside boards? He's I'm sure we're going to get a, a second look at this here, John, but Paul is definitely doubled oh, over on up. the bench. And, and yes, he was, he was tossed down while attempting to uh, cycle the puck 
and it looks like maybe a knee or an ankle, but uh, it's something with potentially the right leg of Nick Paul. We'll see uh, how that develops as we close out the first period. That would be a huge development here for Tampa because I know very underrated or whatever, but he's been excellent between wings, centermen, anything else. You want to throw that out there with some goals as well. He's been a great pickup since coming over from the Senators. Colorado has it now in the offensive zone, and this gets cleared out across the red line now. We've got about three minutes left to go in the first stanza. Bowen Byram, drop pass. Nathan McKinnon working his way to the high slot, going for a low shot on the left side post. Five-hole, and it missed. Nachuskin tried to play this one across. Byram with a slapper to the screen. Couple saves there by Vasilevsky, and this goes up and out of play near the right dot. John, great sequence right there for Colorado. They showed the best parts of their game in the Tampa Bay zone right there. Uh, we have 247 remaining here in the first period. 2-1 Tampa. Uh, my guess was correct. Thank you for confirming. Uh, for the first time in the series, the Lightning have a lead. Uh, they are one shot down on the shot board, though. 13 for Colorado, 12 for Tampa Bay. And uh, Nick Paul seems to be laboring and heading back to the dressing room, uh, favoring that right leg quite seriously. And he needed help from not one but two uh, Tampa Bay staff members. Uh, this could be very bad for the boys in blue. Yeah, John Cooper was just mouthing some obscenities that we can't repeat unless we're on the color cast side of the game, but I won't. But it looked pretty bad there for Nick Paul, so we'll keep you updated. This goes now toward the red line. Picked up now by the captain, Steven Stamkos, but it's a race to the puck. McDonough was being a little slow there, and now here's a chance for Colorado toward the left side red line again. you got to turn that gas on, turn on the burners, be able to get to this puck, because now you get some extended zone time. Here's a pickup. Now Rantanen was able to get that steal, played it out in front of the defense, and it was blocked there by Tampa. Now across the red line once more, here's a chance for Rantanen. He's going to let it go through the screen. He was looking for a Lekkonen tip, and that one went just wide. This is still kept in. Here's a chance for Koffer. Big glove save there by Vasilevsky. Koffer was right on the doorstep there. He had a couple of opportunities, and the second one was gloved down by Vasilevsky. I was actually a little more interested in the first. Uh, he had a chance without being checked to uh, make a deflection from the slot area, and that puck bounced right over his stick. Uh, could have been a tie hockey game here. And uh, we're saying the name JT Comfort again, John. I'm interested to see what he has to offer as we get deeper into this game. No doubt about it. He's had his name said throughout the entire series. And again, you and I, I, I made this mention after game one, we wouldn't throw him in the Con Smythe consideration, but you talk about in terms of in that locker room and that effort, these players know who's giving it all on their ice, and JT Confer is definitely one of those names. So the defensive zone draw is one there. Riley Nash getting some playing time here in Game 3. He's going to try to leave it here for Maroon and then go battle Byram and Johnson here for the puck. Nicholas Sobeck-Hubel now trying to find it off the backhand, but this gets cleared in deeper where Maroon is still chasing this thing. He's looking for his fourth consecutive cup while Tampa is trying to get three straight. And across the blue line, and a puck might have hit somebody right in the mouth as it was cleared. That might have hit Zach Pogosian as we get a stoppage. Minute 20. Yeah, John, uh, th this has been a game with uh, some nicks, cuts, bruises. I mean, this deep into the playoffs, you're going to see that. But, uh, yeah, we've seen high sticking. We've seen some hard checking. 
Uh, Colorado's been throwing the body when given the opportunity, as has Tampa Bay. Uh, battle of attrition is most certainly on. And when we hit the break here, John, I want to talk about what Tampa Bay's not doing tonight, and that is not giving up odd man rushes. I've only seen one or two so far distinctly, and we're going to have to see how that plays out as we get further on in the contest. I'm curious to get your thoughts when we hit that intermission. I got my question as well that we can discuss, so we should have a good time there on the intermission. We got a minute left to go here. It's 2 1 in favor of Tampa here in the first period. Shot gets brushed aside from the slot by the stick of Vasilevsky, but Colorado's still dangerous here with Devin Taze near the high side of the left faceoff dot. This was fluttered out in front from a backhand. Now a big slapper into the screen. But it hit the jerseys in blue before it hit Vasilevsky. Cleared down the ice, but not out. Devin Taze keeping this thing alive nicely here to the captain, Gabe Landeskog. Beating past two defensemen, finds Taze and now McCarr. McCarr going to wrap this thing around behind the office of Vasilevsky. Landeskog still trying to get to it. Now it's Taze to McCarr. McCarr through the screen. It's loose in front. Sorelli finds it. He's going to softly backhand this one across the red line, and Colorado might have a chance for one more rush unless they want to take a change here. But this goes back now to uh, Lekanen. Taze up in the air, goes over the crossbar, and we're going to end the first period 2-1 Tampa. Wow, John, a uh, really interesting sequence right there. That final opportunity that you just described with the puck fluttering over the crossbar, Vasilevsky was not down and out necessarily, but handcuffed a bit. I think he was expecting a snappier shot from uh, near the faceoff dot to his right, but that one actually fluttered up and over kind of his mask, the helmet. He, he almost tried to pop his head up to uh, soccer-style head that thing away, but he never actually made contact with the shot. So, as you said, score remains 2-1. Tampa Bay goes to the break with a lead. I liked what I saw from the Avalanche there in the last minute or so. They put their foot on the gas, a phrase you used earlier in the period. And uh, I think, if nothing else, they've shown that while they're down, they can still find and play their game. Uh, but really, John, let's just push that to the side. I'm curious, uh, this mystery question you have for me, should we leave it for later or we want to jump right in? What do you think, my friend? Um... We could do it after your analysis. Let's let's do that first. Great. Well, you know what? Here's here's one piece of analysis. I alluded to it a couple of moments ago during a stoppage in play. I'm looking at these teams and the way they're moving their feet. So we're so used to talking about Colorado and their speed advantage as a team. Early in the first period, when we had the goal that was inevitable, excuse me, eventually waved off, uh, and then when Tampa Bay went down one nothing after the first avalanche goal, I was preparing to share a narrative that would have focused on what we all know, Colorado, team speed, moving their feet, finding open ice. Well, guess what? Tampa Bay did those very things when they needed to do them most. We're watching players like Sorelli driving, coming off the left wing. No, he didn't get a full shot on. No, he didn't complete his toe drag. But him putting pressure on that abs defense and Darcy Kemper getting him just enough out of position that puck goes five-hole to 1-1 one, one game. Andre Palat finds the puck at neutral ice, moves his feet, keeps the play going through the neutral zone, pushes pressure into the O-zone, gets support from Stamkos, drops off, receives the pass back, and finishes making no mistake, 2-1 Tampa Bay. So that's what I'm actually looking at. I'm looking at Tampa Bay skating the way they can skate, shrugging off some of those signs of fatigue, and guess what? 
that go into the first intermission up to one. Absolutely, Cooper. It's one of those ones where you're organized, attention to de detail, all the things that we've been looking at for Tampa to be able to provide in this series. You've finally seen this in the change of venue as we join you here for Game 3 Monday night at Amelie Arena. And again, on Wednesday, it'll be a Game 4 at Amelie Arena. We're just looking to see if this series can be extended, and I can throw another one of those games in on ColorCast. I can't get the schedule officially done until we know there's going to be a Game 5. But we've seen a much better effort here from Tampa, as you've alluded. Yeah, John, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, I will say, and I want to give credit where it's due to the Colorado Avalanche, who did what they did, not only in Game 2. That's the easier game to talk about. You know, I, I asked what your experience was like uh, to call that game, and it was no mystery. That was just None. a stomping. Mm -hmm. No, no mystery at all. And, you know, and then we look back to Game 1, more of a classic Stanley Cup Finals contest where we do have some overtime. The Colorado Avalanche able to finish off that game early in the OT period, and uh, that, of course, led them to their performance in Game 2. But this is what Tampa Bay has in the tank, and why you and I, when we talked about this series back in Game 1, why you and I said, even if the Avalanche take a 3-0 lead in the series, you cannot count out the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They're showing the grit that they have to show at the times they must show it. And, John, you made a great point. Hey, it's always worth mentioning. Which players are getting a little more ice time than they may normally get? Yeah. And it's the players on Tampa Bay who have the sandpaper. Great word chosen by you earlier. It's the perfect way to phrase it. A little bit of sandpaper rubbed right in Colorado's face and leading directly to this 2-1 lead for Tampa. So I know you just said that you can't discount it, but again, admittedly, this is what I was thinking after watching Game 2, and I wanted to ask... Mr. Cooper Hopkins, this question, is this series over? Are we going to see the same thing that we saw happen to the Nashville Predators and the Edmonton Oilers happen to the Tampa Bay Lightning? I can't believe my, that thought ever crossed my mind, but after game two, I had to ask you that question. Well, John, I, it's a, first of all, it's an honor to be set up by you you are the hockey mind of color cast and beyond. So let, let me just jump right in. This is a, a relatively simple answer from my standpoint. Okay, look. Recency bias, my best to get on the fringes. I don't want to just respond based on what we've seen here in the first period in game right. three. I believe that even from snapshot, that 30-second, maybe 45-second window, closing out the first period, did they score? No. Did they have... You know, a jump-out-of-your-seat, high-danger scoring chance. Every fan wearing a bolt on their chest holds their breath, and everyone wearing uh, Colorado A is ready to pump their fists and celebrate. No, that's the short answer. But did they pick a team that was ready to come out in the second period and do what they do? My answer to that is yes. So do I think the series is over? No. But I think that Colorado has shown, and this is really all that matters, Media events, great. Of course, uh, just like ourselves, we're all a part of this world. But Colorado has shown they have an internal belief to be able to turn the notch up when necessary. Tampa Bay can as well. That's what we were talking about five minutes ago. That's why they have a 2-1 lead right now. 
but I would be hard-pressed, and you cannot convince me that Colorado's not going to answer early. I would look for first five, six, seven minutes of this second period yes. for Colorado to tie the game. And when you open the door at all, John, you were there for game two. You were there for every moment, called the entire thing. If that door, I don't even think it needs to be open. If it unlocked, if Colorado, the deadbolt is out. Yes. They're going to kick that thing down, and I do believe that's what we're going to see in this game. We may not end up 7-2. We may end up 5-3, 4-2. I think Colorado's going to walk away with a victory here, and ultimately, if you're going to let Colorado go up 3 nothing, hey, I'm not going to step away from what we've agreed upon a week ago. Even with a 3-0 lead, Tampa Bay has a shot, but I don't think that shot will be strong enough, fast enough, good enough to take down the Colorado Avalanche. So, yeah, lots of hockey to play, John, and we're going to watch it all, and uh, there are going to be some some razor-thin moments here, some margins where two incredible teams are toe-to-toe. But, man, when they go, when anyone goes toe-to-toe with Colorado, regular season playoffs, it's Colorado coming away with bruises, less blood spilled, and they're their opponent on the mat. I know we're not saying this, but I want to bring this narrative across. Uh, Mike, I appreciate you joining in on the broadcast. We're in a little intermission here with uh, Cooper and myself. But I, I want to bring this point to you. I saw some stupid comments. Uh, sometimes you never can tell where they're going to come from. But it's one of those situations where they said this. Well, within the last couple of years, between the Dallas Stars and the Montreal Canadiens, they're not the same level of opponents as Colorado. So just because they won those cups, it doesn't mean anything. They're playing Colorado now. And I'm thinking, okay, oh, look, I, I can understand how people feel about some of the stuff in the West as far as the bubble, right? You have a chance there for Antoine Hudobin. He made a hell of a run there a couple of years ago. Dallas got there, but you, you play who you play. And then Carey Price on the other side, you play who you play. But make no mistake about it, every time Tampa Bay has to go through this entire Eastern Conference, you're going between Pittsburgh, Toronto, Washington, Carolina, Boston. Every, one, every single one of those teams can come back and punch you right in the teeth and knock you right out. So Tampa is very deserving of this entire run that they've been on, and I don't want to hear that stupid narrative anymore Well, they don't play anybody on the West Side. Because they've gotten through this gauntlet. They deserve every point of it. Is Colorado probably the best team that they've played throughout the entirety of their three-year run? I would say yes. But everything else that Tampa has done to this point, they've wholeheartedly earned. And they're trying desperately to get back in this series up 2-1 after one period. Yes, yes. And I, you are, you are effectively exactly right. Colorado is... As far as I'm concerned, just an opinion, of course, Colorado is most certainly the best overall hockey team that Tampa Bay has had to face during this elite run of success. As I stated a few moments ago, I think Colorado will come away with the ultimate victory. I think they will break the streak. I think they will lift the cup. Uh, my initial read was six games. It may be fewer. Maybe we're looking at all seven. Uh, but you're exactly right, John. I think it's too easy a narrative to say, and it's almost revisionist history, right? When we're looking back and we're going to say, oh, well, the Dallas Stars weren't that good. Oh, you know, the Canadians. Come on. It was the Canadians. Look what they did this year. Nothing. They fell apart. They were a joke. But you're exactly right. 
You have to perform in the regular season. You have to buy into your coaching staff system. You have to work together as a team. You have to fight through injuries. I, I don't care. I don't care if it's Tampa Bay playing a midget Triple A team. You're still if you were to do that for 82 games. Well, I'd feel sorry for the midget Triple A team. <laughs> but you're still going to have. <laughs> you're still going to get banged into the, into the boards. You know, you're still going to have a sore back. You're still going to get slashed. You're still going to have blood drawn. You know, it's a hockey season. So to look at such a narrow slot and, and, and a narrow view of just the finals opponents, I think does a disservice. I'm literally in, in the room where I'm standing right now. I'm raising my hand as a Calgary Flames fan and, and having to, as we get every broadcast, you know, flashes back to Dave Andrichuk and Martin Saint-Louis, uh, you know, winning the 2004 Stanley Cup in Game 7 against the Flames. That was listen. We want to go back. Let's go back that far. That was a completely different time in the NHL. A completely different time in hockey and a different Tampa Bay team, of course. That goes. But there was a six. The Calgary Flames that probably didn't, quote unquote, deserve to be in the final. But they fought their way to that spot. And they fought their way to a game seven. Tampa Bay answered when they had to answer. They won the Stanley Cup. And you know what? That's what they did against Dallas. That's what they did against Montreal. And to discredit them, I think, just discredits the whole process of getting to those moments. And you have to finish when you're given the opportunity. And you're, you're going head-to-head with NHL competition. Whether or not it's, quote-unquote, the best or the Colorado Avalanche of that year, it's irrelevant. Because you have to fight to get there. So, John, you make a great point. I, know, I just went on a run. So I will take a breath now because I realize I just have not breathed in for the last two and a half minutes. But I love what you said. I agree with you. Tip of the cap to Dallas and Montreal. No, they did not bring home the win. You know, no, as we look back at those series, they may not have uh, given as stiff a test as Colorado is giving at this moment. But that's what happens in sports. Every year is different. Every playoff is a little different. Tampa's meeting a different challenge this time around, and they shouldn't be discredited for anything they've done to this point. Thank you. I'm glad that we share that same narrative. I just wanted to bring that up and some of those other uh, stat lines as we got in the intermission. I also want to make note of this, too, for all intents and purposes in the sense of what's going on between Tampa and Colorado as far as uh, shots, hits, goals. I mean, up until Game 7, or Game 7, up until Game 2, it was one of those situations where Tampa had a 2 nothing scoreline advantage in the uh, second period. Well, Colorado changed that, getting a couple goals in the second again. So, again, as you point out, it was the first time in this series that Tampa's had the lead. And, you know, you want to talk about Tampa having the advantage in hits and certain things like that? Well, Colorado has already thrown, I believe, I know the number was over 100, and I imagine it was at least... 20 in the first period here so i'd say 120 hits guess who has 20 of them by himself darren helm and he also has a goal he scored on a breakaway uh yesterday so that was another one for me to be able to have some excitement for on the other side but this colorado team is really good and when i was doing that game uh the other day and i'm sitting there writing the story i'm thinking about this geez i know the salary cap is implemented but how good is this team, Colorado, in comparison to Crosby's Penguins, the uh, run that the Blackhawks went on with Taze, Kane, and Hosa? Uh, I mean, they're right in that same category there between Marc-Andre Fleury and Corey Crawford. Uh, this Colorado team is really good. And up until, I will say this, 
I know there was no salary cap back then for the Avalanche and the Red Wings when you can just get stars on top of stars. Oh, just, you want to be joined by Brett Hall and Luke Robitaille? Come join the 2002 Red Wings. Like, I get that that's a different comparison. But I think in this salary cap era, whether or not the Avalanche get it done, again, as you said, between Kel McCarr and pointed that out, their window is opening. And I think this is one of the best teams that I've seen in a long, long time. And if Tampa goes ahead and wins this series, again, they got a long way to go. they got to win this game. But, oh, my goodness, for everything that they've gone through within the last couple of years to our previous point, that is exceptional. Yeah, John, once again, you know, we're of, of one mind with this. And, and you know, for, for you and I, we were forced to pay. Listen, we're fans of other teams. We're in different markets. But you and I, I think, would agree we were forced, in a sense, to pay attention to Colorado in the regular season because of how easy they made it look. Yeah. And they, they just, I mean, we're talking about... Win after win after win, many by multiple goal margins, uh, you know, narrow losses. And this is a team that was special during the regular season. And guess what? Nothing changed in the playoffs. Nothing changed. You know, they had the smallest of speed bumps against the St. Louis Blues. I mean, credit to the Blues for bothering the Avalanche at all. Uh, you know, a team like the Edmonton Oilers that were thriving on these high-scoring shootout-style games with two of the best players in the world, certainly offensively, uh, with Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. The Avalanche were unbothered, effectively, by them. Uh, they they moved on, and again, no pun intended here, skated through that series, uh, not, listen, not without any friction, but they really came through it looking like the team that they'd been all year. Their identity has been singular. They're showing that identity in this Stanley Cup final series. And honestly, credit to Tampa Bay for giving Colorado as much trouble as they're giving them right now in this game, especially coming off the heels of one of the, you could argue, their worst performance in multiple seasons, losing 7 to nothing. So Tampa Bay is showing heart. They're showing skill. And uh, Colorado has those things as well, and it's going to be a fight here in periods two and three. I wanted to that point, just from the comments I saw the other day with John Cooper, when you have to go up on the podium and answer those questions, look, I know it's two cup ones already. That's got to be tough. And the fact that he did not dog his team, he said, look, we got complete belief in that locker room. And look, you have to understand something from a few years ago here for Tampa. I know we get it, but let's throw this out there. Did they really want to get embarrassed by the Columbus Blue Jackets when Jonas Carposalo made the 80-plus saves in that five-overtime game? How do you look in that locker room and you go between all these guys, let's say be a fly on the wall and say, I can win with these guys. What did Tampa and Julian Brisebois do? They came back out there, they made no changes. All they did during the uh, trade deadline was try to make their team better. They said, we're going to go back and do this. And now they're trying to make it three straight. So right now... Shortly, we're going to be getting back into the situation of the second period. It is an actual lead for the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is something that we have not been able to say throughout the series. I appreciate the commentary throughout the intermission. As always here, Cooper, I think that was a really good discussion. Hopefully, we probably used all our ammunition, so we'll see what happens in this uh, second intermission when we finally do get to it. But 
We're just looking for a series extension at this point. It was Gabe Landeskog on the power play, 8-19 mark from Miko Rantanen and Kel McCarr, and then Anthony Cirelli and Andre Palat at 13:03 and 14:54, and that's where we are right now. Nick Paul Cooper is back on the players' bench here for Tampa, so hopefully that is a good sign. He's just trying to shake out the leg there, see if he can get back on the ice. Great development for Tampa Bay right there. Having number 20 is going to be big for them. Uh, getting some of the stats on the ESPN side. Uh, scoring chance is almost even. So official scoring chance is six for Tampa Bay in the first period, five for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, also worth noting and something to keep an eye on as we continue here, 0 for 2 on the power play are the Lightning 1 for 1 Colorado. So if we're going to get some more penalties, which inevitably we will, who's going to take advantage? Well, certainly more likely the team in white. Anthony Sorelli and Nathan McKinnon were on the opening puck drop. It's back in the defense now. Sorelli going to try to outlet this, but nice jump in the air by McCarr. Try to knock that one away, and this goes back to Kale. Kale was excellent in that third period as well in Game 2, getting a power play and a shorthanded goal in the same sequence of the back-to-back -back goals. So now here's a chance Nachuskin lost it off the skate, and this goes down. Picked up now by Hagel, or at least tried to. McCarr just trying to elude the bowling pins. Gets between three players. We've said that a lot, especially with McKinnon as well. And now this goes back to Ryan McDonough. McDonough now all the way down the ice. That's going to be an icing against the Lightning. 19-11 remaining in this second stanza. John, still with you here. Uh, one other thing I want to keep an eye on is uh, the play of Kale McCarr. I mean, we've become so accustomed to him dominating these games. You know, we only mentioned his name a few times, which is uh, uncharacteristic. That's not something we're used to. Normally it's Makar this, Makar that, Makar here, Makar there. Let's see what he does in period number two. Absolutely, and it's one of those situations, too, like you talk about with all the big names. I think it's such a surplus for Colorado to be able to have the bottom six forwards get this amount of production and not necessarily sleepwalking for Nathan McKinnon or Landis Skog or Makar, but... Man, it's got to feel good to get that kind of production, but that's all credit again to Joe Sackick on the other side and the players as well. So now Miko Rantanen trying to keep this alive. He's going to play this toward the left side of the red line. Tampa's going to intercept. Play it out front. Big save there by Kemper off the wraparound and Nikita Kucherov. Great call right there, John. So uh, Tampa Bay, they're coming out of the... They are not going to relinquish some of this momentum. I want to see what they bring. Will they be able to maintain the momentum here as we're getting back to play-by-play -play just a moment? So you see Victor Hedman on the ice. I know I follow some of the stuff on YouTube with Shannon and the hockey guy. He's one of the best ones on YouTube. Talking about maybe Hedman is playing through an injury, but how many of these guys, as Cooper and I said during the Stanley Cup Finals, are playing through injuries at this point? He was a minus three in the last game. He was a minus two in the first game. Set it on front, scores! Nick Paul, he is back, and he scored again! 3-1 Tampa! Oh, my word, John Ott. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, I don't know what they did to his right leg when he went back to the room, but uh, whether it's robotic, I don't know. He was in the slot all by himself, and just like a robot programmed to score, he fires the puck past Darcy Kemper, who I don't even think got a great look at it. I'm getting the replay here on the ESPN side as this was slapped in from the neutral zone. 
selected. Tampa Bay controls the puck after it's left by the Avs and right out in the slot. I see that shot going off of the right arm of Darcy Kemper, in fact, underneath the elbow and into the net. So the best positioning that he could possibly offer wasn't enough, and it is one, Tampa Bay. I think all your points are absolutely correct, but at the same time, you left Nick Paul wide open in the slot. You just can't do that if you're Colorado, and it's one of those situations we've seen on the Tampa Bay side too many times. Colorado made a key mistake there. As we're back underneath the action now, 18-10 left to go in the second period. John out here with you with Cooper Hopkins between the play-by-play and color. Glad you can join us here for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals at Amelie Arena. Colorado's got a 2-0 series advantage. Tampa's trying to change this here on home ice. They're going to be at Amelie for Game 3 and Game 4. Again, if we're looking for an extension, then I can plug in the uh, color cast assignment, but that's going to depend on if Tampa can win this one here tonight to extend this series as we would expect them to. Again, differing opinions for us as far as teams that are going to win. He took Tampa, he took Colorado in six, I took Tampa in six, but one of these situations where if this is a short series, I think everybody would be sad. Anthony Sorelli tried to shoot it short side to the right, and this one goes wide back to McDonough. McDonough cross pass for Kucherov, set up now for Hedman. Shot goes to the screen. That was Chernak let it go. And it went up and on a play. 17-20 left to go in the second. Wow, John. This is, uh, uh, to be quite frank, not what I expected from Colorado coming out here in the first three minutes of the second period. The crowd is into it here in Florida. Uh, I am seeing nothing but wide-open shot attempts from these lightning. Uh, the bolts, uh, even aside from Nick Paul's finish, where he was completely... On an island. He was left alone. I, I can't wait to see that replay again uh, as this face-off now is uh, whistled down. John, I'll let you get back to the play-by-play, but keep an eye on the wide-open shot attempts. We're getting tons of those for the Bolts. Another chance here. Gets stopped aside by Kemper and Hagel. Off the backhand, it was loose in front, but Kalorn couldn't find it. And Johnson was able to escape with this thing. Colorado just needs to get this out of their own end and regroup a little bit. I think that's the first time I've said that. Throughout this series, I agree with you, Cooper, on that side of it. Anthony Sorelli gets hit into the player's bench, and now Colorado can uh, settle this thing back down. Kale McCarr puts it across the red line as this goes back to the big cat now, but he turned it over. It's loose out in front, and now in behind the red line. Colorado with Rantanen. McCarr has it. Is he spinning behind the cage? Nobody can stop him right now. He's going between two players, and a stick check gets that one down the ice. And as my buddy Mike Swartout, I know he kind of follows along here, he says that's the key. you got to get to Darcy Kemper and get some opportunities. I could not agree with you anymore. We haven't seen that enough, but we're seeing it now. Rantanen, his shot gets stopped. What a save by Vasilevsky as he puts the pads down and denies the opportunity on the second attempt. That was a sure goal. Vasilevsky doing exactly what we know he can do, play at the elite, most elite of elite levels. We just watched him rob. Oh. I believe it was Comfort again coming in off of the left wing for the Avalanche. Vasilevsky, we were talking about rebound control. Well, he gives up one here, goes right off his left knee. He slides across. That puck was four inches from cutting this lead to one. Comfort with a great job with body control. And a nice, accurate backhand, but he couldn't elevate the puck. And the save was made. Vasilevsky with a huge stop. 
To borrow a phrase there from Marshall Mathers, will the little Vasilevsky please stand up? He's making about four of those. He's standing on his head. And now we get a penalty on the other side. Let's see who this is on. Well, John, it looks like a stick was slashed out of someone's hands, but it won't be a slash. It's going to be a hook. And I'm seeing potentially a penalty for the hook against Tampa Bay here. John, are you seeing this right now? I thought I saw Ross Colton and has not popped up yet officially as I'm looking at the action here on the Sportsnet side. We'll see if they show it around. So Ross Colton with a series of uh, cross checks. It looks like a hook and hold against Arturi Lekkinen. Ross Colton will be going to the box for hooking at 4.03. Yes, indeed. I'm going to say that was a good penalty to take right there for Colton. Uh, Lekkinen was on the doorstep and Vasilevsky had given up a rebound. Again, something that we had noted in the first period. Had he not hooked him right there, that is a point-blank shot attempt. Two minutes on the man advantage for Colorado coming up. So here's a chance for a deadly power play. Kel McCarr, it's loose! Vasilevsky made the save, but the rebound went wide. This is a chance now Rantanen plays it across. He gets it now. Here's a chance for Landeskog on the doorstep. Goes back to McCarr. Rantanen again. Quick pass there to McKinnon. And that was a big-time exhale for Tampa Bay because Vasilevsky had to make two humongous saves before that was cleared down. He has been excellent in this game. McKinnon now trying to sit up there for Ranton and drop pass there to Kale. This goes back across for Gabe Landeskog scores! The captain makes it 3-2! I might have just lost... Uh, Cooper Hopkins in here on the other side, but I will get him back. So once I see him come back in here, I think the phone might have died, but we'll get him back in here right now. So let's do this right now. We'll get him back in there. But Gabe Landeskog finishes it off, and I'm going to try to get this fixed here once this pops up. So Gabe Landeskog makes it 3-2, and every single time when you're talking about not putting Colorado on the power play. What happens? You put Colorado on the power play and they score. So it's goals aplenty. And again, it's got a little bit abated there from the power play. We're going to get Cooper back in here right now. As Colorado going to try to get another one here. As this goes across in their own end. We'll see if the let's go lighting chance and everything else will pump up everyone else here at Amelie Arena and the home team as they've just got scored on. But it's like we said, the specialty teams, you can't allow Colorado to be in that situation. Landeskog with his 11th of the playoffs at the 443 mark, assisted by Kale McCarr, got 19 dimes along with Miko Rantanen. So crazy numbers there. We do have Cooper back, so when we get a stoppage, we will get his thoughts in on that goal. So I'm glad that was just a little shorter respite there as this gets picked up now by Hagel and then turned over across the red line here. So change of possession, change hands on both sides as this finds Darcy Kemper. 20 shots on goal here for Colorado, 16 shots for Tampa. Tampa's got the 3-2 edge, although they've just been scored on. Pierre-Edward Belmar from the Vegas Golden Knights able to get this one down. It goes off a skate. Picked back up by Belmar now. And this goes back to Colorado in their own end where they can reset this thing. And across the red line now, Jack Johnson and an offside entry with 13.58 left to go in this second. John, thanks for getting me back in here. Of course, I picked the worst time to have some technical difficulties. 
uh, as the Colorado Avalanche make this a 3-2 hockey game. Uh, this is not something that we said explicitly, but I think uh, any fan of hockey knows that uh, when you're looking at a 3-1 scoreline, that next goal is massively important. Can you imagine had Tampa Bay had the opportunity to make it 4-1? It looks like that game is essentially put away at that point, but guess what? Colorado comes right back, and they score on the power play. That is what they do. They do not miss their chances, and that was a beautiful, lasered, wired wrister up over the right shoulder of Vasilevsky. He's been so good tonight, but that shot was just excellent. And we got ourselves a 3-2 game as we're at commercial. Uh, John, is this just what we can expect now every time Colorado's on the power play? They looked so dangerous from the very first second the puck was dropped on that man advantage. I have to say absolutely, Cooper. I wish I could give you more in-depth analysis more than that, but I'm just going to say absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes that's all it takes. I, I, I had a feeling you and I agree on that point. Uh, listen, Tampa Bay has been playing the best they've played this series. I think even in game one, and I'm not saying they've been playing the best their best game just because they have had and have a lead. Uh, this is the best they've played, and even when they're at their best, Colorado can strike the way that they did to make it 3-2. to two. So, ultimately, that hooking penalty, which potentially saved a goal on the doorstep, results in a goal, uh, and credit to Colorado. They know what is needed, uh, and they score when there's extra room on the ice. It's that simple. I know we got to see a little bit of the Colorado-Edmonton series. Again, I know it wasn't very long. But you want to talk about two teams on the power play between McDavid and Drysaddle, anything you see in Colorado on this side, even Tampa Bay for the personnel that they have, and between Hedman, Ruda, McDonough, Chernak, they are getting a taste of the medicine, and I'm sure it tastes pretty bitter. And if they continue, as we've said in the first intermission, they were doing a good job staying away from these penalties. If they continue to uh, go back to the old habits, this lead will vanish very quickly. Yes, indeed, and worth noting before we drop the puck again here, eight comeback wins for the Colorado Avalanche in this playoff run. That's four more than any other playoff team. Also, their average goals scored per game in the playoffs so far, just under five, 4.75. So look for more goals coming from the team out of Denver. That is absolutely elite-level numbers. McKinnon going to give this here now. Taze McCarr to the screen. It gets blocked. Good active stick check there by Hagel, but the job is not done yet. Now Hagel might look to break out if he's got a little bit less uh, jet fuel in those legs, tired from that defensive shift. And this goes in between Kalorn and Sorelli now. Hagel couldn't find it, and this goes back to Ryan McDonough. Remember, he was picked up there from the New York Rangers not too long ago, and now he's in the depth of more cup runs here for Tampa. This goes loose in front of Kemper. He's going to take no chances before Palat and Kucherov got there. 13-12 left to go in the second period. Smart move by Kemper right there just to slow the play down. That's uh, not something that we say often about the uh, Avalanche, but, you know, you need sharp goalie play, and sometimes it's the simple things that matter. He could have uh, tried to press that one along in the backhand through the trapezoid, but he settles things down, and uh, Colorado here, is, uh, looks to be turning the tide. I, you know, I'm still getting great energy from the fans here as I see the, uh, I'm just going to call it the Disney feed, ABC, ESPN, call it what you will. Uh, but here's a defensive zone faceoff that is won eventually by Tampa Bay. And let's hand it back to John. So immediately, as you always hand it back to me, we get a stoppage here the way this is going. <laughs> so 
1301 we'll have to go in the second we're gonna get a neutral zone draw I am seeing some good work here by both of these teams look we know the score line has to be on one side or one side or the other for this series to continue but uh, yeah this is a good effort here by Tampa but again this has been a very good effort by Colorado they have scored so many goals in this series up to the point now where it is uh, about 14 within uh, these games. Stamkos lost it in between the skate. Now this goes to Sergachev. Sergachev trying to find this thing in toward the left side red line. Tampa just trying to get some sustained zone time here. And as we go in the middle of the second, we're getting to that point. Plot is the extra defender there out on the ice as he crisscrosses. Now he's on toward the high slot. Leaves it for, for Sergachev. Quick bounce pass. Pagosian tries to find Plot now on the right dot. And now Kucherov off the backhand, he's holding that L2 off the back skate, and this goes back to Pogosian now. Kucherov collects, but it's one on three, leaves it here for Stamkos, almost plays it out of the air, does Stamkos to Kucherov. Kucherov trying to set it off, and scores! What a play by Kucherov to set up Stamkos with the help of Pilat! 4-2, that was ridiculous! That was ridiculous with a capital R you're telling me the Colorado Avalanche are going to leave the man wearing a C on his chest for Tampa Bay alone in the low slot uh, apparently the answer is yes and that's what happens when you do that he punishes you with authority great play by Kucherov way to fight off the check in the corner to Kemper's right how I, I, how how many question marks should I put on that how is Damkos left alone right there? He spins. The best attempt to defend him is a sprawling stick check that doesn't even get to the puck and up and over the glove. I mean, that is Steven Stamkos at his best, in the right place at the right time. Tenth goal of the playoffs. We're back to live action here. It's 4 2 Bulls. When we get a stoppage here, uh, Cooper, I'm going to ask you a simple question. I just want to get your reaction to it. But as we're back on your way, Stamkos, the captain, makes it 4 2. There's just been some wrong guys left alone in the slot. Last two were Nick Paul and Steven Stamkos, and they're going to make you pay. So Perry for Hedman as they try to get this one saved, and Manson trying to keep this alive here from Colton as this goes back to Hedman, and now the two will go again. It's Nick Paul. He's battling through that injury a little bit, but you really can't tell too much of it. Stamkos with his 10th of the playoffs at 72 from Kucherov and Pagosian. Tampa. Really need to make something happen here, and they've done so right now with a 4-2 scoreline. Just trying to make something happen in the series. And was that Perry that got destroyed on the left side? He is slow to get up there. Did you catch a number there, Cooper? Yep, that is Perry, and he was holding his head there. I actually didn't see any, uh, so, to, so to speak, foul play. Looks like he lost an edge. Uh, maybe was bumped as he was skating into the boards. Uh, we're going to get some extracurricular here, but Perry is up. He is uh, supporting himself on his knees and sort of gingerly skating back to the bench. Kemper uh, does some laughs near his goal, and John Cooper is none too pleased. Let's see if we get another look at this, uh, but definitely extracurricular and words being exchanged by both teams right now. So the quick question I throw out to you, Cooper, is do you blame Kemper on any of these goals? I think it's tough to blame Kemper when Steven Stamkos is left standing alone uh, on your doorstep. I, I, I cannot answer. I don't know if there is a reason why other than just a broken play uh, and, and defenseman out of position. 
You need your blue liners to know where Steven Stamkos is. They certainly didn't on that goal, and they paid the price for it. Boy, I'm getting some other looks here at Josh Manson, who, let's just say, guided Corey Perry into the boards. I still don't think Manson uh, was intentional in any boarding or attempt to, certainly not to injure, but Perry does look a little shaken. And now we have dueling minors here. I believe we're going to get... Stamco, excuse me, not Stamkos. We have Manson in the box. Uh, I'm not sure who's in the box for Tampa Bay, but we have a four-on-four four here. Uh, John, take it away. It's Manson and Maroon for the four-on-four. Four. I'm not going to say again with you. There isn't any intent to injure, but I don't think they're very sorry about hitting Corey Perry into the boards. I would say that. He's one of those type of guys. McDonough tries to play this one in the left side red line. And Colorado trying to get this out of their own zone. Again, four on four is very dangerous there with McKinnon and Landeskog. And Makar on the ice. There's McKinnon between three players. Landeskog helps him to get the puck back. Now McKinnon off the backhand trying to explode in the high slot. Leaves for Makar. Now McKinnon now has it in the high slot. Nice, elegant pirouette is going to leave it here for now Devin Tays. McKinnon gets this one back with Makar. Makar. Off the back skate again, gets a spin, a shot, a deflection there by McKinnon, goes wide. Picked up now by McCarr to Devin Tays. Devin Tays going to take his time with it again. Gabriel Landeskog and McKinnon also on the ice in the 4-on-4. Entry toward the left dot, gets cut off there, and picked back up. Bowen Byram! And a chance gets held there by Vasileski. Boy. Watching Kale McCarr work, uh, always a joy. He has a shot release like an elite forward. I mean, this is a, a blue liner who essentially is a do-it-all player. Uh, that's the reason why Colorado is, is one of the reasons, I should say, that his squad is still in this game. It's 4-2. Uh, he's been buzzing especially in that last sequence, this four-on-four four should bode well for however much longer it lasts for the Avalanche. We're in a commercial break here. Uh, John, what do you think is leading to these uncharacteristic plays from, from Colorado? Normally they're so sound in their own end, but we've seen Nick Paul left all alone, and we've seen none other than 91 for the boys in blue left all alone. Uh, what's happening here? Any, any thoughts? I hope not. This doesn't creep in anyone else's heads. Again, in the locker room, they wouldn't tell you otherwise. But if there is some kind of level of supreme confidence, because you've been pretty much okie-doking the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first two games, if there's any kind of confidence and thoughts in that sense of, we're just going to go ahead and steamroll these guys, that's when you end up paying the price. And I would expect between Devin Tays, Johnson, Kel McCarr, and Bowen Byron to be able to continue to do the job that they've been doing. But if there's any kind of those other thoughts, you better throw those out of your head because you got a 2-0 series lead. By last time I checked, you still got to win two more games to lift this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, we can look at a micro level and a macro level here. So uh, this is something we mentioned not too long ago. We're in another scenario here where the next goal is so massive for these two teams. Uh, if you're looking at a 5-2 game, let's say the Lightning put another one in, that feels like they have shut the door on, on this game number three. If you're looking at 4-3, well, all of a sudden we're talking about how Colorado could be mounting a serious comeback and eventually win this thing. And also, we could say this for any series and, and have during these Stanley Cup playoffs, if you're looking at 3-zip Colorado in the series, well, John, you and I have been over that, how we feel about that scenario. But if you're looking at 2-1, and uh, the, the team with one 
is a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Absolutely. well, the, the narratives change on a dime immediately. Lots to play for here as we are about halfway through this game. I want to get this quick uh, stat courtesy of Sportsnet. 25-plus point seasons in the playoffs. Nikita Kucherov is on that list with Wayne Gretzky, Mike Bossy, and Brian Trottier. So that tells you how much damage the Russian machine has done as we get a stoppage here. Absolutely. You know, and it's, you know, now we have Palat and Stamkos with 10 goals uh, in the playoffs. 31 seconds to go here in the four-on-four. Um, Colorado needs to find the gear that they found in game two. Uh, potentially game one. This is much more similar to game one. Uh, I don't think we're going to see any team run away with this thing. But my goodness, Tampa Bay has shown the ability to respond against adversity like the likes of which they haven't seen in years. So this is really impressive stuff. Talk about this stat too. 36 shot attempts to 35. Tampa's got 35 shot attempts. I don't even think they had 35 shot attempts in totality in the first two games. Here's a chance now for Colorado. Gets brushed aside there by Andre Vasilevsky and Sergachev. Bogosian and Chernak can take their time here. So Kucherov now from Hedman. Kucherov entering on a one-on-four. Holds the left side blue line now behind the cage. It's a centering pass there. And Kucherov has to get back on his horse as it was turned over. And now Hedman lost it. But no four-checkers here for Colorado as the Big Cat will play this one to Victor Hedman. and going to try to reset this thing. So Pat Maroon leaves it here for Kucherov. Nice pass ahead. Maroon Barbov scores! Patrick Maroon off a great setup by Kucherov once again. And it's 5-2. John, Pat Maroon's goal right here. The best of this final so far, I believe, for the Lightning. And we've seen some very good goals, well, back in Game 1. There were none for them in Game 2. Guess what? They've got five tonight, and this is what we were just talking about. Who's going to score that next goal? If we were looking at 4-3, uh, well, that's a hypothetical. We'll never be able to explore it because it is 5-2 to two here with 8.45 to go in the second. And Pat Maroon, guess what? Pops out of the penalty box, makes himself available, moves his feet, something we talked about in the first intermission. And Darcy Kemper, this is the first time tonight, I'm going to say I think he'd like to have that one back. Tries to get that blocker down low, but he actually takes himself out of position. And guess what, John Ott? We got that a development. is it for Darcy Kemper tonight. We got a development here. Darcy Kemper is being pulled by Jared Bednar. Uh, again, that wouldn't be a surprise to us if it was on the other the other side. Vasilevsky will never leave the goal crease, even giving up seven. But we're going to get back into that here in a moment as we get back into the action, because i got to ask you about that. So Colorado now turns it over. This goes back to Francois. So hopefully I can say the name correctly for the rest of it, and don't say Kemper. So McDonough plays this across the red line. Now big hit on the other side, and Francois will go ahead and play this one once again. It eluded Miko Rantanen, now with Gabe Landeskog, as they're trying to play this one. JT Comfort trying to find it as well. Hedman's got it off the backhand as he puts it deeper in the, in the uh, kick plate. Maroon with his fourth of the playoffs at 11.15 from Kucherov and Hedman. Man, Nikita Kucherov, he is a special, special player. Nathan McKinnon in across the red line now off the backhand. This is picked up now by Manson. In Colorado now, down 5-2. They're in unusual territory in this series. Manson, extra pass across. Off the backhand is held. And picked back up by Nachuskin. Sets up Manson. Big save off the kick play there by Vasilevsky. 
Well, John, I mean, now we've ha we have so much to talk about. Darcy Kemper takes a seat. He's got his baseball hat on. Listen, I don't think Jared Bednar had much of a choice. Uh, you asked me earlier, did I think that Kemper was to blame for the scoreline? My answer was a, a resounding no. I do accept that last goal. Uh, Pat Maroon coming in to the near post and flicks it up over the shoulder of uh, Kemper, who was down. Uh, on his knees and had the blocker down as well. So maybe not the strategy that he wanted in uh, attempting to make that save. So much more to talk about the goalie situation here. The doors back open to the goaltending situation in Colorado. Take it away with the play-by. Yeah, this is going to be a second intermission talking point for me. I know it's going to be a little bit like the talking heads, but between Cooper and I, at least we can try to make it entertaining here. So Nick Paul... He gets roughed across the red uh, the uh, red line here as this falls back to Manson as this goes off the backboards again. Another big hit on the other side soon on Tampa, making their presence felt. But Colorado really just trying to turn on some level of urgency here. I do see that light bulb flash above each one of these heads here as we get an icing because that level of effort now being down three you see Colorado within the last couple times scamper to get to this puck and make something happen as they really feel in pressure for the first time in this series uh, yes indeed and, and speaking of pressure uh, even though it's not a massive development this is the first step of many back to making this game more of a contest. Good to see Colorado with some sustained pressure right there and forcing the icing. Now Ranton and McCarr discussing uh, what could be a design play here as the faceoff will come to the big cats right. Let's see if Colorado can get some ozone time here and narrow this lead. As you said, Cooper, that was a good one there. Nathan McKinnon got the faceoff when he tried to find Taze, but instead took it himself, and there was a big-time rebound on the left side of the dot. It was fought off and picked up by Tampa, but here comes Colorado once more. Chance for Landeskog, centering pass. A little bit uh, hopeful there, and a break couldn't be corralled there by Alex Kalorn as this goes back to the jerseys in white on the road here for the Colorado Avalanche. Landeskog with Rantanen. Shot goes up and out of play. 6.20 left to go in the second, and shots on goal. How does this sound? 22 for Tampa, 21 for Colorado. They got some shots. Yes, they certainly do. And Tampa Bay, five goals on 22 shots. That's why Kemper is where he is out of this game. Pavel Francois has not really been tested yet. Uh, he did have to come out of his crease just a few seconds after stepping in to uh, play the puck. But other than that, Tampa Bay hasn't really fired one on yet. So we'll see uh, where Francois is mentally and physically. Uh, he has not played yet in this series until tonight. Yeah, John, I don't want to waste our ammo, so to speak. So I'm going to Hold those thoughts back until we reach our intermission with just over six to play here in the second. Tampa is 22-3 and three when Kucherov has two or more points in a playoff game. Nice setup there for Jan Ruda. Shot goes wide. That was a big-time pinball there as Val Nechuskin trying to play this one across. And now nice individual skate through, but the Big Cat's going to play this one ahead as there's been some heavy hitting on the other side. Belmar, part of the fourth line now. He gets set back up. It goes in between him. Pat Maroon just scored a pretty good goal there. That put uh, Kemper on the player's bench taking a seat. It's Pavel Francois in goal now. So Belmar into the screen, and we'll see if Tampa can continue to test Francois, as I think they should. And this one... It might be a delay of game against Colorado, and I think we have some fisticuffs. I'm going to double-check the ESPN box. Boy, every member of the Tampa Bay bench jumps to their skates, uh, fists in the air, indicating 
what looks to be a delay of game here. Colorado, definitely, as you pointed out, John, just speaking broadly, looking shaky and shaken for the first time in this series. Yes, indeed, delay of game. We're going to have one of the Avs head to the box. Uh, maybe you'll get eyes on that for our listeners. Uh, I've seen Sturm to the box now, and it's going to be a man advantage for Tampa Bay. This would be a huge opportunity to essentially shut this game down and all but guarantee a win in Game 3. We're going to save the rest of our thoughts here for what I'm thinking about for the second intermission because I, I I think I know what we're both going to say, but I'm going to hold off here. 5-2 uh, scoreline, I will say that at this point. It is one of those situations I think these stats actually bear repeating. 22 shots on goal for Tampa, 21 for the Avs. The hits are even at 22 apiece. Faceoffs, big time advantage here for Tampa, 29 to 19, and the power play opportunities. Uh, Colorado is two for two, but that means a minus five on the other side. So that's where we are with 5:38 to go in the second stanza. Yeah, and you you made uh, you made the point. You set me up for what I was going to say after you reiterated the power play numbers for Colorado. Sure, that's great, fantastic job on special teams on both sides. Uh, so tip of the cap to them, both sides of uh, the, not only their PP but the PK. But guess what? Five on five is where it's really mattered tonight. Yes. And Tampa Bay has dominated in that category, which they have not done until this game, really until this period. They did go into the first intermission with the lead, but the way they've taken charge in period number two, uh, John, just an open question here. Did either of us really expect this? Uh, I want to sit here and say that I sound smart and say that Tampa was going to come out and bring this kind of effort, but there was nothing within the first two games to show you that the narrative was going to be any different. But just like he said, even when you thought it was going to be that situation in between the New York series when they were down 2-0 and then also down 2-0 in Game 3, Tampa turns it on and they shows you who the back-to-back -back champs are. So now this is going to be a delay of game against the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay's in the power play. They're 0 for 2, 6 shots. I guess they don't mind that, but the 6 shots, that does sound good here for Tampa on that side as they're trying to find a way here as the shot goes up and out of play. 5.24 left to go in the second. It's a 5-2 score line. It certainly is. You know, since we have a momentary stoppage here, uh, this is something that I, I touch on every so often. I think at this point, uh, certainly not saying that uh, Tampa Bay can just coast the rest of this contest. By no means am I suggesting that, and they're going to play hard. But a power play goal here, I think, is more important mentally for them than anything. Yeah, you want to see something going on, because I think you and I talk about it from the preview show, even on the last Tuesday, in the sense of both of these teams have to be able to convert on the power play. You want to see something here for Tampa, see if they can get their uh, legs and Mines and skates sharp here and see if they can convert. Heading with a bomb! Score! Oh, scores! Perry cleans up the mess! And now we have another goal. It is 6-2. to two. Never a good sign when your goaltender's mask is turned away from center ice. Uh, that means the puck's behind them, and it certainly was. It trickled through Pavel Francouz. And when he needed to come up big, he could not. 
That was a screen, so we'll have to take a second look at this. But Corey Perry, right on the doorstep, as he loves to be, he cleans up the mess, as John Ott says. That looked to have been tipped by Andre Pilat. That was incredible. It went off the right knee of François, and then off of the left post. So it sort of went diagonally through the crease. And François looked behind him, unfortunately, because he felt it off his right leg. He looked over his right shoulder, directly away from where the puck was. Defenders couldn't see it. The only man on the ice who could get to it. Number 10 for Tampa, 6-2, and a major answer here from Tampa after the 7-0 beatdown. What a development. I got another comment here that I want to throw out to you, Cooper. My buddy uh, Mike Swardy says, Tampa smells blood, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. The sharks in the water. That was a great deflection there by Pilat as Perry cleans up the trash. It's 6-2, and now we'll see if the turnover, if Colorado can make something happen. Vasilevsky makes the save with 425. Left to go in the second stanza. Wow. Uh, yeah, to credit to your friend, listen, he makes a great observation, and we all know what happens when Tampa smells blood in the water. They know how to finish. They know how to, uh, let's just say, clamp down with those jaws. They know how to bite all the way through and finish their prey. Uh, now it sounds like I'm talking about the San Jose Sharks, but you know what? We're talking about another warm-weather climate team, uh, one that has lifted the cup twice in two years uh, and with these kind of performances boy oh boy they're about to change the narrative of this series I bet anyone you asked would not have picked this score line for game three it gets loose out in front stop there by Vasilevsky Bruce if we're going to have a penalty call Nick I appreciate you joining us on the color cast side I got Mike on the Facebook live side so we got a couple viewers on the side of us here for Cooper and uh, this is fun to see in a really good game here at 6-2 even though the score line's lopsided Looks like Alex Kalorn's going in the box, and we're not going to have any shortage of goals here. No, uh, it's for both of our, for, for everyone listening, uh, this is just a standard John Ott play-by-play -play right here. This is uh, the NHL with John Ott on the call. It is uh, always a goal fest. Uh, you know, I think that I could not have ever guessed we'd see a 6-2 game uh, as we close in uh, at the end of the, the second period here. Again, Kalorn for slashing, so two minutes. And I'm looking to see if the Avalanche can keep their 100% mark. They've scored on both of their power plays tonight with four shots. Uh, now, more than ever, they need to make it three for three on man advantage. So McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr. McKinnon's got it now, feeds it back to Kale. Pass across, Landeskog off the mask of Vasilevsky and stays out. Colorado trying to keep this in. Kale McCarr can't. We'll see if he's going to be the first to enter there. Ranton in with the cross pass from McKinnon. Picks up the feed now near the right dot. Sets it up now here for McKinnon. And now they play catch in between Landeskog and McCarr. This goes back to Nathan now. He's got it near the high side slot. He's going to leave it here for Kale. Kale holding off the back spin. Picks it up from McCarr now near the left dot. Gives it back to Nathan McKinnon in the high slot. Let's it go through the screen. Vasilevsky down. The shot goes wide. This pinball's back to... Rantanen now from McKinnon, holding off the backhand. As this is picked up now by Nathan McKinnon through the screen. And that shot goes wide. Landeskog always in front looking for a tip on Vasilevsky. Nice work by Anthony Sorelli to clear that one out of the penalty kill with a diving shot block. Here comes McKinnon though, trying to leave it out in front of the slot. And Tampa finally gets a clear. So... Even though Braden Point is not on the ice here with us tonight, uh, Cooper, 
You get to see Anthony Ciroli with more extended time, and he's looked good on this kill so far. Yes, he has. That's the kind of effort you want to see from your penalty killers, and it sends such a great message to your coaching staff and your teammates. What a nice move right there. That was a, a big moment in this power play. So Nachuski now from Devin Tays, as this is paid back across the blue line. Now Newhook actually getting some time on the power play. He's got it now toward the right side dot, looking for a screen again. And that one goes wide. So Colorado had a lot of chances. A lot of these shots have gone wide as the power play will end. But they still have the puck possession now. It's 6-2. They're trying to make something happen. Right out of the box now, Alex Kalorn. We'll see who's going to join. It's Nick Paul. But he's being hooked there by Newhook. And it seems like every time Nick Paul touches the puck, my voice goes up an octave. He makes something happen. JT Confer, he lets the wrist shot go in between five hole of Vasilevsky as that one gets stopped. This is played out in between Zach Pogosian and Ryan McDonough. This is Nachuskin now. Cogliano, I haven't said his name much. He's part of that fourth line. And they've kind of been shut down in terms of what we haven't seen in this series here. A minute 35 left to go in this second period. It is 6-2 Tampa. This is kept in at the blue line here by the Avalanche, but it goes up and on a play with a buck 32 left to go in the second. Wow, I want to give a tip of the cap, uh, not just as a goal scorer, uh, to Steven Stamkos, who was getting down into the dirty areas. Uh, he was going up against Cogliano, the fourth liner, one of those sandpaper guys we talked about during the first intermission. Stamkos uh, has shown the ability to do it all tonight. Uh, he is uh, a fight away from the Gordie Howe hat trick. He has got a goal, an assist, and I'm seeing the replay right now of that diving clear by Kalorn. That is an incredible individual play. Excuse me, Sorelli uh, for Tampa Bay. He's got a goal tonight. Two block shots, 12.50 of ice time, getting that from our Disney feed, as I'm calling it tonight. And the faceoff will come to the right of the Big Cat. 6-2 Tampa Bay, 90 seconds to our second break. Lots to talk about. I know we got a long way to go in this series, hopefully. I will say that, but we'll see whether or not on uh, Wednesday Burakowski or Point come back, as this could be a partial break. Brandon Hagel with a shot, and it tested Francois, but it bounced up in the air, and Colorado's going to pick this up now. Machuskin got worked over. That was Nathan McKinnon now. Nathan McKinnon found it in between three bodies. It's a three-on-one. He elected to shoot instead of pass, and I don't know why. Landeskog and Taze were waiting for it. On the other end, Kalorn trying to let that one go. That might be one of the only times I question any time Nathan McKinnon has the puck, but... That is what it is right now. It was just a shot. Is we're down to a minute left to go in this second period. Man, when you have McKinnon, Taze, and Landeskog on a three-on-one, you'd think you'd want to test Vasilevsky a little more. Sergachev. His Let's Go Bolts chants are going right now at Amelie Arena. This finds the big Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman bounces it off another man as this goes back to him, trying to find Andre Palat, and this gets set up now by Manson. Manson now tries to get this across the red line. And here's a pickup now for J.T. Comfort. J.T. Comfort trying to play it back toward the blue line side. A wrist shot gets blocked out in front. Stamkos teams up to get this one down the ice as the Bolts trying to make sure they don't give up anything here. With 16 seconds left to go in the second now, there's a meeting in between Stamkos and Helm. And if Stamkos punches Helm in the face, I don't know how I'd feel about it. Hedman comes together on the other side with Kucherov. Fists are flying from Cogliano's side. As we're looking between who's stuck in there, I think it's Sergachev as well. And uh, there's a lot of chaos here to sort out, Cooper. Yes, there is. Manson's holding one. Uh, Manson's holding Kucherov. Hedman's in there. Johnson, Stamkos, Cogliano was throwing. He had his gloves on, but he was throwing punches. 
and it looks like he was throwing punches with Sergachev. Uh, I think we're going to get offsetting minors here. Uh, could be unsportsmanlike, could be roughing, but I do see number 11 for Colorado, and though he's protesting, Sergachev, 98 for the Bolts, will be heading off with 16 and a half to go here. I'm getting a replay. Boy, Cogliano jumping into the scrum. Uh, no wonder he's getting a penalty. He got really involved there. He was out on the fringes with it. O'Connor, I believe, was trapped in a in a, a crowd. There was just so much to look at. It's uh, tough to sort out. But uh, both sides are chirping at each other, and the uh, temperature is turning up, I think, here, John. What do you make of that previous three-on-one? I just want to get your thoughts between the McKinnon and the shot attempt. Well, since we have a few moments here as the chirping continues, and I think we're beyond chirping, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> The uh, uh, let's call it screeching if we're going to use a, a, a aviary term. So here's what I think about that three on one. I want to give Nathan McKinnon the benefit of the doubt. I want to. Now we're looking at it from whatever video feed we have. Maybe his teammates he read them as out of position. Maybe he read them as too close together as they came in three on one. But boy, you would think you'd want to get Vasilevsky moving in any direction because if he has a chance to set up and get positioned you have to assume he's going to make the save and that looked like a practice drill the shot wasn't even particularly crisp not the best decision from the best player on the colorado avalanche well you could say he's tied with kale mccarr yes. but in that moment not the best performance from uh, number 29 and i think if he had a chance to do it again he would See, here's the situation here for me. I, I agree with that. If you're thinking about game two, you're shooting from everywhere and beating Vasilevsky, but Vasilevsky game two does not look like Vasilevsky game three. He looks like his latter self that we're usually used to seeing here. So we have a four-on-four four that is going to carry over here, but we got 16 seconds just roughly here of second period time remaining. Of note, again, it is a 6-2 scoreline in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Colorado, I think the puck is going to get blown dead here with 6.5 left. Yeah, things looking as they did sort of in that first portion of the first period. A little bit choppy, some extended breaks, uh, referees having to come together to make decisions. Uh, only 10 seconds have gone here in this 4-on-4. And just looking at the Tampa Bay offense from the last two games... Total shots, 16. Total scoring chances, 3. Zero shots from in the inner slot or lower slot. Um, and they have just blown all of those numbers out of the water here as they are effectively blowing Colorado out of the water. Just a few seconds to go here before our break. John, I'll let you get back to it. So McCarr gets set up now. He's got about two seconds left, but Colorado's going to run out of time in the second. It is a 6-2 scoreline after two periods. The Bolts need game three. They're up by four goals. Wow, John, uh, as we get a shot <laughs> on the Disney feed of Darcy Kemper, your starting goaltender for Colorado, he heads back wearing not his mask, not skating off the ice, but walking down the bench and back to the room. That's going to be a, a big talking point for us and a lot of folks who are uh, watching this Stanley Cup final. Do we want to jump right in? Should we talk about the, uh, the inability of Colorado to score for the first time uh, in this game on the man advantage when they needed it most, when they could have cut the lead that Tampa Bay has to three, uh, they get shut down by the lightning penalty kill, uh, there are lots of things we could talk about. The, the defense leaving Nick Paul and Steven Stamkos on separate occasions, uh, two plays that effectively 
uh, blew this door open for the Lightning. Uh, they scored on both opportunities, making no mistake. We could go from a lot of angles here, my friend. What are you uh, What are you seeing as uh, the starting point during this break? So let's talk about some of the defensive inefficiencies before we get back into the complete obvious, if that sounds okay with you. But I'm not... I really don't know what to say as far as what I'm seeing from Colorado. I mean, again, it was Nick Paul. I understand through some of the injuries, but he already showed you in game one just what he could do. He was all alone in the slot, injured, injured or not. It's one of the easiest shots for him to pick cherries in the top left corner. But And then again, Kucherov, a great play to be able to set it up off the backhand. But really, Steven Stamkos? I would not be too happy with that if I'm Colorado. No, that is uh, on the off day. That's going to be some video that uh, none of the Avs are going to be too pleased to take a look at, but they would be well served to do so because those kind of plays just simply cannot happen against a team the caliber of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, credit to the captain. Goal, assists, working hard down to the corners, making himself available to teammates. Uh, you know, that kind of play is what they needed from their leader. They're getting it. Uh, they are in part, uh, not not solely, I mean, this has been a great team effort, but when your leader makes those kinds of plays, it, you know, it's great to see teammates follow suit, and I, I just have to believe that John Cooper is very pleased with everything he's getting uh, from his forward units tonight, not to discredit at all uh, the blue liners for Tampa Bay, but those forwards across their four lines are really working hard, and the results are on the scoreboard. Yeah, it's one of those situations, Cooper, when I talk about it, even between Games 1 and Games 2, I, you really can make this comparison, and I felt this in my heart. And the fact that these bottom six forwards for Colorado were outplaying Tampa. And I understand how good Colorado is on that other side, but there's got to be some kind of level of uh, coming back to earth here, maybe, but also a little bit of pride in that locker room to turn some things around. I Look, I don't know exactly what's going on in that Colorado locker room. Again, it'd be nice to be a fly in that wall to figure all these things out, but why all of a sudden, can you point to in any specifics, and again, I'll have to think of it myself, that these, this situation has completely changed? Yeah, you know, something that popped into my head just a, a moment ago, is there's a feeling here for me as I watch the performance of Tampa Bay in this game three that every single man on that roster took individual responsibility for the outcome of game two. And when that happens, when everyone takes their individual responsibility, that then means that the entire team has come together and effectively agreed, perhaps not in so many words, you know, it doesn't need to be on a whiteboard, it doesn't need to be spoken out loud and, uh, you know, cemented with a handshake. That's a team that has been one of the best, well, li very literally the best in the NHL over the past several years, yes. agreeing, agreeing to do things differently and to, as we hear so often in player interviews, right, a, a classic phrase, uh, a classic hockey soundbite, get back to our game. I believe that Tampa Bay, whatever they needed to do, whatever they needed to say to one another, started with taking individual responsibility up and down the lineup, goaltenders, blue liners, forward centers. They took individual responsibility. They've gotten back to their game. And this is a scary proposition. I, you, John, 
can't you imagine most people are thinking, like you said, you asked me during the first intermission, oh, Colorado's going to run away with this thing. Yeah. Guess what? Here come the lightning. So here, here's the obvious thing, because, again, I, I think to your point, I, I can't really speak too much more of it because you, you nailed it all, but I do think there is some accountability in that locker room. Look, these guys know what they need to do over the last three years. There really isn't any kind of overselling that we need to do as broadcasters in this situation. We get to sit back and enjoy the show and try to relay to you with our heart's content as much as we love hockey. We're watching two great teams go back and forth and see this uh, chess match. So if there was any kind of complacency as far as Tampa in the first couple games, oh, they're tired, oh, they can't get it done, or Colorado is just so much a better team, well, you know what, let's see what we do back in our home ice and see how you like it, and that's what Tampa is giving them right now, but again, just for me, in terms of all that to a man, I agree with your point, but to see those blown coverages on defense, if that's one of those situations that breathes life into Tampa when we go back and play on Wednesday, that is a warning point. For Colorado. Look, I don't care how good Colorado is. You had Sisterkin on the other side. And this is where I want to get into this point. We saw it now. Finally, finally, Tampa has gotten some chances. No, 20 saves and no 16 saves between Game 1 and Game 2 is not enough to get it done. Kemper simply was not tested enough for my liking. He's been tested now. I know some of this stuff is not against him, but he did not pass this test today. And now Francois is in the net. If Tampa gets these same type of chances here on Wednesday, are we looking at a 2-2 series marker? Well, you certainly would have to think so, my friend. And, you know, I think, let me step one, uh, just one level back, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it'll lead us right back to where you were, uh, where you were pointing with that question. What may happen in this third period, or excuse me, what will happen in this third period, I believe will determine your starter in game four. I do think that if we see Tampa put a few more on the board, let's say we finish this game eight to two, do you think that that is going to create some difficulty for Jared Bednar in deciding who his starting goaltender is, or do you think we're going to see Kemper almost by default, right? We, I think we agree for the most part. Kemper was not, quote-unquote, bad tonight. There were a couple of moments. Uh, the, the goal were, I believe it was the fifth goal coming in off the, uh, the half boards that went up over his shoulder when he dropped down a little early. You know, those are some goaltending strategies you don't love to see. By and large, he was serviceable, but is this going to open the door to the pre-Stanley Cup final chatter about the Avalanche having subpar goaltending options? And does that lead to some indecision for Bednar? I mean, of course, we're just speculating here, and who knows what's going to happen in the third. Maybe it ends up 6-5 and Colorado closes this gap. But I have to wonder what we're going to see if uh, Francois is going to get the nod in Game 4. Well, I'm going to have to believe, Cooper, to your point, as much as I want to go the other side. I think... Kemper will get the benefit of the doubt. This is one of those situations where he's been bombarded by shots, and that's what happens. Look, we've talked about her throughout this series. I know a couple of you guys have pointed out between Colorcast and Facebook on the side of it that have bounced in and out and said, the key is to get shots on Kemper. And look, sometimes the simple takes are the best ones there, and that's what the case is for Colorado. There really is no 1A, 1B situation. Look, I was with my mouth agape, and I almost sent you a message there 
during the broadcast. So I'm like, why is John Cooper keeping Vasilevsky in when he's given up seven goals? Well, you know why. He's your uh, numero uno. On the other side here for Colorado, again, I don't discredit Kemper or Francois, but what I credit more, whether it was fair or unfair, was the offense and defense being able to back check and just playing in front of being responsible to allow these goalies to be able to make the saves that they need to make. Keep it away from chances that have to be Herculean, if you will. Vasilevsky can make those saves, but Kemper and Francois cannot. So this will be a certain interesting development. Again, this could all be moot if this goes back to 6-5. I would assume at this point, Cooper, I would almost bet my life on And again, I, I could be uh, making a regret here. But with Tampa being up by 4 and home ice, considering everything that they've been through, I want to write this game off. I'm not writing off the score line, But I want to check the box here for Tampa as far as extending this series into a game 5. But... I do think there's questions, even though Kemper probably will get the benefit of the doubt. But, again, if we see these level of chances, I think we're going to have the series that uh, everybody wants to see, unless you're an Avs fan. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking about Avs fans, you know, at this rate, um, I, I think that the home ice advantage for Colorado... All of a sudden, I mean, this is this is what's incredible about this series, is we were a couple of periods, effectively, away from saying, oh, you know what, being back in Denver doesn't, doesn't really matter. Colorado's going to take care of business. It doesn't matter if they're in, you know, in the Rockies or if they're down in the swamps. You know, they're just going to do what they do, and this thing's going to be over soon. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, especially with this performance from the Lightning, I have to think that Colorado's got to uh, be itching to get back to the high elevation, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, they they just have not stepped up here in this game. You know, they have a couple of good goals, nothing spectacular, not that it needs to be. It doesn't, care. It doesn't matter if they're greasy or elite. You know, a goal's a goal. But 6-2, right? I'm looking at the defensive play. And, you know, that's certainly not the result of uh, fans chanting or, you know, being in, a, in an unfamiliar barn. But Colorado has got to be already, and they've got to, plenty more time to spend in Florida. They've got to be looking uh, back up the, uh, the mountains to, to get home. I, I just, John, I think that's becoming a factor. Cooper, I want to throw this out to you because this just popped in my head. Is this one of those situations where it could be a, a, a write-off, as you said, or is it going to be one of those situations as you're thinking, as you've just said, in terms of wanting to go back home? Because we've seen this happen at Ball Arena when they had a big lead against the St. Louis Blues and they lost 5-4 in overtime. Or is this Tampa sending a message letting Colorado know this series is not over yet? Well, barring something unexpected shall we say in period number three let's let's say the game continues as it has so tampa bay has had without question the more quality chances uh they've finished when given the opportunity you know vasilevsky has been money let's say we finish with uh let's just call it eight three just for fun for sure. sake of argument that even though we're not talking about a shutout that effectively is the mirror opposite of the game two result, right? So this, so game three effectively becomes Tampa Bay's game two. They are manhandling their opponent. Uh, they're confident. They are skating, checking, making saves, scoring. 
really without much trouble. So to me, I think as we get back to the home ice advantage, where are these games being played, I think Colorado can really do themselves a service by effectively repeating the performance of the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. They have to answer the way Tampa Bay has. So now there is actually an advantage for the abs because if they're able to muster up this kind of a performance, what the Lightning are doing to them tonight, if two nights from now they can do this and they're doing it away, they are likely to come away with a victory and be going back to Denver with 3-1 series lead and the momentum and a really, really solid chance to wrap things up uh, in game number five. So, John, that's where I stand. I don't expect a huge amount of, of uh, a retort from Colorado in period number three, but we'll see. If they can get this thing close, I, I certainly don't expect them, based on the way the Bolts have played, to, uh, to tie this thing and get it to extra periods. But I, I'm, I find it very interesting. They've, they've got to come back in game four and basically flip it and do what Tampa Bay has done tonight. I agree with that man wholeheartedly in the sense of I think that really tells you how good both of these teams really are and the fact that we're going to have to play the game of the two-time champions that come back and try to make something happen here, but it's the truth. And again, I shouldn't sound like I'm so surprised, but again, if you take it game by game, I understand the 4-3 scoreline that we did in game one, but I, I think the scoreline looked probably a little closer than what it actually was. A couple posts on the other side, I thought Colorado had some better chances. They probably should have won that game at least like 7-4 to four rather than a 4-3. And then to come back with a 7 nothing, and then essentially, I mean, I don't want to say lay an egg, but you have to know when Tampa's coming back home, they're going to give you the best effort. I mean, it's not like, as you said, to a man, they got blown out the other night. And again, there's a level of accountability there, but if there was any team that can come back and kind of turn that narrative around, it's Tampa. But I think it's also very important, as you said, for Colorado, it's very important for Tampa to continue that same narrative and tie this series up. Because one good game, everyone's going to sit there and say, well, nobody expected a sweep. Colorado's still going to win in five. Because you know that there was... A, those idiots are out there, and again, I have to use that. I'm not going to use that word loosely because that's really what they would say. But Tampa, on that side of it, they played a great game today, and we'll see if they can actually replicate it. Yeah, 100. percent You know, it's we're looking at a scenario here where Game One may be the outlier in this series. It may be the only game we have, and however long the series goes, it may be the only game in the series that's actually like that. You know, where we see. Uh, a game that is tight, that requires an overtime, where, you know, an OT finisher puts one team or the other on top uh, and gives them that game in the series. I, I, at this point, based on the performances in two and two-thirds hockey games, we would be hard-pressed to expect anything or pretend to be experts and know what is coming next. Um, you know, we've had a very tight hockey game that could have gone either way. I agree with you. Uh, Tampa Bay was the lesser team in game one, and, and Colorado deserves probably another goal or two there. It probably didn't need overtime. It got there. I think the right, you know, so to speak, the right team won. Then you get a blowout A. Now we're at blowout B. Do we continue to have these mercurial swings in the series? I, 
flat out and full disclosure, John, I have no effing idea. <laughs> no clue, my friend. This is just fantastic skill, and it's surprising to me to see that these teams in consecutive games have been suppressed the way that they are. I think you and I, after game one, would have fully expected uh, a, a whole series full of game ones like that. Tight games, overtime games, one-goal games, maybe a late empty net or two-goal games. And that's not what we're seeing. So that's why you and I are making the basically the same point. It's so important for either of these teams not just to come back in the next game, if Tampa Bay, and it certainly seems they will, finishes this game with a solid cushion, multiple goal victory, um, they can't just come back and expect that to be what happens again. You know Colorado's going to try to flip things around. And Colorado, on their side, they can't just come back and say, all right, let's just try to squeeze by these guys, let's play our game, and hey, we'll be fine if we just you know pull one out by a goal. No, the level of skill and ability here from opponent to opponent, I think it's going to require dominant performances to get victories the rest of the series. Man, I'm glad, as you said, you and I are not betting on this series or betting guys in general because I don't know which way this series is going to go. I would not expect Colorado to get smoked like they are right now. I did not expect a 7 nothing scoreline on the other side. But as it stands, again, I want to make sure I have my numbers correct in front of me. It is to 6-2, as we're going to get set here for the third period momentarily. Cooper, again, I am so glad to have you along here with me. I know every single one of these games has been an absolute roller coaster, but I guess when we're doing games together, that's really the only other way to expect it. Uh, 100%, pal, 100%. Uh, also worth noting here, I just saw a great stat, uh, credit to the ABC crew. This is the uh, highest goal total in a playoff game for Tampa Bay since game four of the Maple Leafs series. So they're doing what they don't often do. They are putting up numbers, and let's see if we get more here as the puck's dropped to start the third. So Tampa's got possession now with Anthony Sorelli. He's being worked over behind the cage with Kel McCarr, Devin Tays covering that blue paint just in case there's a pass that goes out in front. Heaven with a bomb! Francois couldn't find it, but I think it might have bounced off of him as it fell back across the kick plate. So Devin Tays to Kel McCarr now. McCarr going to take his time, and again, Colorado is in a spot that they're not really used to being. They're down four. It's 6-2. On the 4-on-4 right now, it's Tays, McCarr, Landeskog, and McKinnon. Taze has it now. McKinnon, now to McCarr. He hits this around the kick plate. Victor Hedman's going to intercept. And now they're going to try to just figure this one out as Tampa again. You give Tampa this kind of lead, I wholeheartedly expect this game to be over. But goals, not over by a long shot. Stamkos from Kucherov. That got intercepted. And now to Chuskin across the red line off the backhand. He's going to pirouette back across the Volts logo and get set up once more. Long wrist shot there. Gets held by the high glove of Vasilevsky as we have a meeting near the right dot. Yeah, I expect uh, more meetings like this. And we are only a minute and nine seconds into period number three as Nachushkin and Ruta have some words after play is whistled down. Uh, Vasilevsky makes the right choices, keeps things nice and calm. And, and Colorado, you know, I'm imagining a period where they want to just take care of the basics because 
if they can stop the bleeding or, you know, suture the wound, so to speak, I think mm-hmm. a, a 6-4 final score looks a lot better than 6-2 or 7-2. You know, obviously, if this uh, scoreline stays the same, Francois would be pulled. It's the finals. you got to try to do anything you can. Uh, so we'll see what happens here as we're back underway. Colorado with a shot here uh, in the offensive zone. Saved by Vasilevsky. Let's get it back to John. Uh, my job's colored. <laughs> so Dash gets it now behind his own end. And again, Cooper, I think that's spot on in the sense of let's just get back to basics and know what we can do within the first two games. Kind of figure out something in the third period. Again, I don't want to talk to any of these uh, games and think about it as garbage time. I wouldn't even say that in the 7 nothing. You wanted to see... Tampa kind of figure some things out and get back to their game. Colorado needs to do that too. So you don't want to think of any of these time periods as wasted effort where you can't get something done. So now this is picked up across the red line now. JT Confer now with Nachuskin. As this goes back, try to get set up here for Confer. Nice good defense there by Hedman trying to fight off his man. As this goes back in between the captain, Steven Stamkos, he's still stuck him behind the net of Vasilevsky as he's looking to escape. He clears this one across the red line now, but it hits one of the Avalanche players, and it goes back down the ice. This is not going to be an icing, but this is a chance for Mikhail Sergachev to be able to take his time. So, Cooper, it's one of those times we can take our breath in this game because it's a four-goal advantage here for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but... All intents and eyes and purposes are on what's going to happen between these two teams throughout the rest of this game and what's going forward in the series on Wednesday as the puck goes up and out of play. Yeah, John, an, an interesting start, a unique one to this third period. Uh, nothing came of the four-on-four, which expired a little while ago here. Uh, we're about two and a half minutes into the third. Uh, I can't repeat it enough. You've repeated it, uh, and I'm saying it with eyes wide. 6-2 lightning here. Uh, as we start what looks to certainly be the final period in this game. Uh, points tonight, two for Andre Palat, two for Kucherov, two for Hedman, two for Stamkos. The big names for the Bolts getting it done. That's what we've wanted to see throughout this series. We're seeing that on the Tampa side, and we've seen some of it for Colorado, but it's just the bottom six doing so much damage. But now Tampa's kind of turned that turnstile back into their direction, trying to break out here with Nick Paul. It's a one-on-four. He's going to leave a back pass. Gets picked up now from Sergachev, and Bruda has to peel back as this goes to Andrew Cogliano. So we'll see if Bednar's squad continues to get some fourth-line time here to try to just make some inroads because you got a long way to go. Big slap shot there set up for Ross Colton, and that went up and on a play. I don't even know if it hit Francois. Wow, John, I'm actually quite surprised here. Uh, as is the case, you know, we mentioned this back in the first period. Uh, I always have the, the slight misfortune of being on a, on a bit of a delay on my feed, but I actually was seeing that last shot from Colton, who was on his forehand and, and let a slapper go. He had a lot of net to look at and just skied that one up into the net. Uh, that was a legitimate scoring opportunity for Tampa Bay, and it could really be 7-2 right now. So Tampa Bay just continuing what they're doing. As the faceoff comes to Franco's left. Picked up now by Tampa. Colorado trying to clear this out of their own end. Yes, that was a big-time slap shot opportunity with a lot of space, and sometimes you just fan on it. It happens to the best of us. Lana Skog plays it across McKinnon. This bounces in behind the cage with the big cat. Colorado still trying to get on this one. They're in unfamiliar territory right now, but they got the firepower to make a dent. McKinnon's slap shot gets blocked off by Vasilevsky. Another one through the screen. Byram trying to find it with Landeskog. And Vasilevsky makes another save. Colorado still with this in behind the cage. And now Tampa 
finally gets this one down. It's a single four-checker there in Hagel. They would try to break this one through in between Byram and Johnson. And he did cause a little bit of problems there momentarily. But now here comes Byram with Nicholas Obey-Cubell. He's racing down the middle of the slot. Missed it all. His secondary rebound fell right back to him. That's pretty fortunate. Now on the high slot through the screen. That was a good shot block there in front by one of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I didn't see who went down. But the puck went up and out of play with 15.42 left. Yeah, trying to see who deflected that shot. Looks like it was Belmar. Uh, as he looks down at his right skate, uh, but doesn't seem to be too worse for wear. Some celebration from a young fan in the uh, first row with his dad, just a couple days after Father's Day. So actually, one day after Father's Day is celebrating a souvenir there. Now, Colorado leading on the shot board by five, 31 shots for the Avs, 26 for Tampa Bay, but six of those 26 have gone in, 15.42 to go here in the third. Uh, John, keep up the good work on the play-by-play. -play. Let's see if Colorado can uh, continue some of this pressure. A couple of good shifts here, and uh, they're looking like they're not starting to buzz, but getting close to it. Yeah, they're trying to get back and make some inroads here. Good work off the backhand there by Makar. What wizardry to keep that alive for Taze. Another shot. Makar trying to find him once again as this goes all the way back. Again, you look at the shots on goal board. It's 31-26 as Cooper said in favor of the Avalanche. You may be thinking, are they really playing all that bad, even though it's 6-2? But you're leaving the wrong guys open in the slot between Paul and Stamkos and letting Kucherov make some plays. That's what happens. Good chance now to Chuskin. He gets it saved. I think that was JT Confer, excuse me, Vasilevsky with a big-time save. Little, uh, little bit of puck luck right there. Vasilevsky had to step up, did so. Great bounce right there for Comfer. He's been very active in the series and certainly in this game. Nothing to show for it on the score sheet, uh, but a nice, uh, nice sequence here. We've had a couple three shifts for the visitors that uh, have, if nothing else, built some confidence. We've seen great individual plays. Uh, I guess, come on, do we even need to say it at this point? Makar has looked good, stick handling uh, with one hand on the stick. I mean, he just makes it look easy, and there's got to be more of that if Colorado wants to put it in this lead. Ranton with a big-time shot, and McKinnon couldn't find the rebound as this goes up and on a play again. I want to say the thing for Koffer on the other side. He gloved it out of midair as he was skating toward the center zone of the slot, then put it off his backhand to escape, and then shot a forehand shot all in the same sequence. My goodness, these guys are good. Yes, indeed. They are here for a reason, and I'm getting a, a replay package here. On the ABC side of Vasilevsky's work tonight, he has been fantastic. Let's not forget some of those sprawling kick saves in the first period. Uh, great positioning, the flexibility, second to none. And uh, tonight, he's only let in two goals, whereas in games one and two, 11. So a big change for the big cat. As you would expect, between Andre Vasilevsky, he plays his best when the lights are shining the brightest and they really need him. Hagel off a two-on-one. Good back check there by Colorado. That was Kel McCarr once again. He really, really does it all. And I really can't understate how good this guy is on both ends of the ice. And again, if it wasn't for Nathan McKinnon, we'd be talking about Kel McCarr being the best player on the team. If he isn't already... So this gets picked up now. Helm tried to find it, and this goes back here to Tampa. This is going to get cleared down the ice here by Ruda. 
And now big time hit. Belmar gets a seat taken right there. And Colorado trying to make something happen here. Again, I don't think it's all important that they win this game down four. But again, we'll cut to that score line and give you something good to feel about here in this game three at Amelie. This goes back to the defensive side in the high slot. This was blocked out in front nicely by Tampa. Big save there by Vasileski off the screen in front as this pinballs off the kick plate. And here's a chance now as Johnson can get a reprieve there from Bo and Byram. And it goes across the red line. Bolts have it now in behind the cage of the big cat. As this is Chernak and Zach Pagosian. Let's go. Bolts chants are alive and well right now. Home fans finally got something to cheer about because anybody in the viewing party on the other side for games one and two had to sit on their hands. Chernak gets this one gloved down in the middle of the air by the Avalanche Nachuskin now. Tried to play it there, lost a stick to Nick Paul, played out in front of Vasilevsky, but it's not cleared. And Vasilevsky found it anyway and made the save. 13.09 left in the third. Yeah, a bit of a curious moment right there. Nick Paul looked like he almost kicked his own stick out of his hand as it slid forward. Uh, and if uh, we see a replay of that, I'm not sure we're going to get one, but that's not a play we see every day. Uh, I'm so impressed by Colorado in this period. And not because they've tightened the scoreline or they've had uh, what you would describe as elite plays. I'm liking what I'm seeing just from their teamwork. And I truly mean that as two separate words, teamwork. Mm -hmm. uh, they have had some bounce-back shifts here. They haven't allowed anything. They haven't looked uh, disconnected. They haven't looked disinterested, even though they're down by four. Uh, Francois hasn't really been called upon, hasn't really needed to make any huge saves, uh, and that's a good sign. They're not leaving their goaltender hanging out to dry. Let's see if they can stop the bleeding, stop the goal scoring from the Lightning, maybe get one or two back on their own. But, John, are, are you feeling what I'm feeling from Colorado here? Again, nothing uh, extraordinary that makes me say, oh, you know, the tide has turned here, look out, they're going to mount a comeback. But I've seen some positives. You have to be able to take some positives here with the Cooper. I absolutely agree with you on that. So, look, we're, we're going to know this thing. I think Colorado knows this, too. You're not going to win a 6-2 game right now with just a little bit of time left in the third period against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But there are certainly principles that you can take with you going into game four and try to get a little bit of a mental reset, can you not? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's what you and I are both alluding to here. And, uh, and you know, look, Tampa Bay is not just along for the ride here. They've also done very well. They've carried in through the neutral zone. Uh, they haven't had a ton of extended offensive time here uh, in the O-zone, but I don't think that is the order of the day from John Cooper with a lead like this. Uh, you know, they're not shrinking back and just playing defense, but by no means do you need to take risks and try to rush up the wing and, you know, push the, push the pace of play. So Tampa Bay playing very well, playing their style. They are 7-1 and one at home in these playoffs. They're about to be 8-1, and one, uh, and it's all about how Colorado continues to answer through the remainder of regulation here and into Game 4. So Puck is stolen in the own end. Tate's had a piece of it. Now Steven Stamko is trying to find this in the big cage with the big cat. Lineskog, Ranton, and McKinnon. That one definitely did pinball in front of the left side red line, but it was blocked by the bolts there and then cleared out. So the one thing that you've always noticed here for Tampa, even when they got blown out 7 nothing, 
They are blocking shots. Shot attempts now in this game officially have ballooned for Colorado on this side. So the third period, to your point, Cooper, it's kind of perked up 66 to 45 in totality for shot attempts. So Colorado trying to get back into their game, even though they're kind of outside of the score line right now. McKinnon trying to find this thing as it goes back to Devin Tays off the back pass. McKinnon powers his way into the high slot, and it goes up and out of play with 12-17 left to go in the third. McKinnon doing a good job here, leading by example. He has five shots that have made it to Vasilevsky. Uh, nothing to show for it, no points tonight. But uh, in just under 19 minutes of ice time, uh, he's done decently well for himself. Obviously, we, uh, John and I both questioned his choice on the three-on-one in period number two. Uh, could have looked to pass to not one but two teammates that were with him on the rush. Uh, when he sees that on video, he, he may want that one back. But you know what? He's doing a good job of sticking with this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get on the score sheet here in the third before it's all over. I completely agree with you. I have like what I've seen in this third period so far. So it's Nick Paul and JT Confer. Confer wins it clean. Again, Nick Paul had to rush through what looked like a significant injury. And then he was left alone in the slot. Again, we haven't seen a lot of those mistakes here now. Byram, that was good hesitation there to be able to make his man miss as the body hit the floor there. But the shot was pinballed out in front. Vasilevsky made a second save, and it's still in with the Avalanche. They're getting some extended zone time now, and they're kind of just taking their time with this thing, which I like. So Nick Paul has it now. We'll see if he's got any kind of jets left as he puts this one in across the red line. I don't think Francois has really been tested much either here, Cooper, as far as when he's just checked in. So Nachuskin set up now for Byron. Big save there by Vasilevsky off the right side, glove high. Colton plays this across the red line now. It got bounced in between Nick Paul. Comfer now has a chance off the backhand on the left side red line. He's going to put this all the way back to his defense. Good work there to pinch up and keep that one alive. So when your defenseman pinch up, your forward's got to go back to be able to make sure the puck stays in the zone. So Colorado's kind of just playing this third period out as they should. And again, I know what the score line says. It's 6-2 in favor of Tampa, but... For Colorado, I think that that's something that should serve them well for Wednesday. As this goes back to Chuskin off a body, that was Hagel. Power move to the front, good work there by Tampa and Kucherov to close that out. Good active stick check by Nachuskin forces the turnover. But this goes back from Chernak into Stamkos. Stamkos with the pass across to Kucherov. Tried to almost keep that alive as this goes back to Val now, the former Dallas star. Rantanen lost it couple hits there on a bay cubel to heading in and now we do have a meeting there i think colorado from what i've noticed anytime they get a chance to get some hits on headman they take the opportunity every time yes they do and you know what i have just loved steven stamkos tonight number 91 with a solid neutralized check that slowed up the colorado rush earlier uh, in his shift about a minute or so ago as we have 10.34 to go here in the third, 6-2 bolts leading at home. And you're right, Hedman has had to put up with a lot. He's, uh, he's going to get the best and the most physical of any team he faces because he is one of the best. Yes. Uh, and you know what? Vasilevsky is one of the best. He has uh, shown some uh, cool and calm goaltending as Colorado's turned the pressure up here a bit. We have a neutral zone faceoff, but uh, the big cat has answered a couple of chances here in the third. Yeah, as your point, Cooper, you can really just 
You know, they say you don't want to depend on Vasilevsky too much. I will say he's already made some key saves in the third. That could be a little bit of a different scoreline where it got a little closer rather than 6-2. So Pogosian, he gets a slap shot off the setup there from Belmar, and it was stopped there by Francois. It was probably the first time I was called his name with 10-14 left in the third. Yep, nice simple stop there by Francois. You know what? There is a scenario, who knows, we could go in any number of hypotheticals here. There maybe is a scenario where he's going to be called into action again in this series. Nice to see him just calmly do what is required. You know, that's that's a, a, not a screenshot, slapper from the blue line, totally standard fare. But you know what? Do what you have to do when you are called into action. Build, build some confidence for yourself. And let's see what we have here as the faceoff comes just to his left. So Rantanen tried to find it there. Hagel was able to break that up as this goes back to Kel McCarr. Kel McCarr in behind the cage of Pavel Francois. Again, he's getting the action after Kemper was pulled. I don't think all those goals were particularly on Kemper, but it was one of those situations where Bednar was trying to turn the momentum, and Tampa's kind of had all of it here. But though the third period has been a little better here for Colorado, even we can admit that, down four. 9.35 left to go in this third period. This was one of those ones that Tampa had to have to be able to extend this series, and they've done so right now. A little high stick on the other side for Kalorn was not called against Colorado, and now maybe we might be getting something. I thought I saw a slash on the other side against McKinnon. Yeah, I'm trying to take a look here, John. Looks like McCarr was involved with Sorelli. Not sure if uh, either one of those gentlemen are going to be called for something, but uh, play was certainly whistled down, and, and while we have the break, uh, I'm getting, uh, I believe, just some commercials here on the ABC feed. Just want to mention that, you know, someone I've really liked in this third period is Byram for the Avalanche. Uh, he has been noticeable, and he had a shift where he had two really smart choices. John, you called it during your play-by-play. -play. Excellent patience with his left-handed shot. He was in the face-off dot. A face-off circle, I should say, waited for a defender to go down to the ice, shot up and over the top of him. Good save made by Vasilevsky there. And then he had another laser wrister that actually was very close to making this game 6-3. to three. Vasilevsky had to flash the leather and just got the tip of the glove on it and knocked that shot up and away. So uh, Byram is not afraid to put the puck on net, and uh, if he gets some more chances, he might get on the boards tonight as well. Yeah, I mean, again, I, we talk about this like it isn't a four-goal scoreline here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put some praise for Colorado, I think, you and I, because we've just seen a lot of that within the first two games. But this third period, again, if this third period kind of goes the same way and as far as what game four would, you would think Colorado would have the advantage at this point. They've kind of turned the shot attempts back up in their favor again, and they've kind of had that pace of play. I wouldn't say it's one of those situations where Tampa has coasted. Yes, they have a four-goal lead, so they're kind of just making sure they don't give up the big play because you got to play according to the scoreline. They're not parking the bus, but Colorado has been able to just get the same type of shot attempts here in this third period that they've gotten within the first two games. Right. You know, I think the, the directive from John Cooper to, to his boys, you know, be smart, stay healthy, Absolutely. stay out of the box if you can. Uh, you know, finish when you get an opportunity, but let's not force anything. And that's what we've seen from uh, the home team in this third period. And listen, that's to their credit. They've not given up anything that's gone in. They've given up some chances, and Colorado has put the pressure on. But Tampa Bay has done their work. They primarily did it in periods one and two. That's where they scored all six. 
uh, and Tampa Bay is looking to come away with a victory here, and they most certainly will with uh, 9.20 to go here in the third. Uh, John, I know I'm a few seconds behind you, so I'll let you get back to our live action. So Bogosian, in on the forehand, as the defenseman likes to do, was played out in front there by Kucherov, I believe, and now Sergachev will go back to clean this puck up in behind the cage of the big cat near the right dot. Stamkos, now with Kucherov, so first line time is still out there for John Cooper. What a hit by Kucherov as he leveled his man with the elbow. And this goes back for Manson to be able to get his payback after hitting uh, Kucherov and Hedman in uh, game one. So big time hit there by Kucherov. And honestly, Cooper, I didn't even know he could do that. So Nick Paul now from Ross Colton as this was picked up off the backhand side. And Ruda will get this one down the ice as this goes to the stick of Francois. Colton plays this out ahead. Ruda will put this backer on the kick play. Now Nick Paul trying to do some work in behind the cage. Ruda now helps back up there with uh, Colton to go pick this one up as it goes across the red line again. And as Cooper and I have said, it's really been mistake-free hockey here for Tampa, and that's the luxury of having the four-goal lead. And dare I say, as someone lands on top of Corey Perry there and gives him a few extra cross-checks, and I know that this is going to happen here for Colorado because they like it. Now the play is blown dead, but you give Tampa a lead, they know how to play with the lead, and now... Perry attacks somebody with the stick as he was down on the ice. And now Darren Helton just said, come over, how are you doing here? As we got a meeting in behind Pavel Francois. Oh my goodness, looks like the Avalanche defenders were uh, trying to help Corey Perry with his flexibility there. <laughs> he uh, was spread eagle up against the ports and getting uh, cross-checked in the upper shoulder, kind of the nameplate area. And it looked like he was doing toe touches. I mean, I hope those hammies are okay for number 10 for Tampa Bay. But we have definitely seen the physicality ramp up here as we are inside eight minutes to play. Cogliano going to the box for, I'm not sure if it's interference, cross-checking. But yeah, bodies down there to the right of Franco's. Uh And I'm getting a, an on-ice replay here from the ABC cameras. Corey Perry was uh, in the mix as usual. Yep, and it looks like Cogliano... Uh, took a stick to the legs of Corey Perry. So for retaliation, Cogliano goes for two. It's going to be a power play for Tampa Bay as Corey Perry wipes off the visor. Uh, my goodness, Corey Perry scored a goal in the Stanley Cup final with four different teams. He's the only player in NHL history to do that. Let's see if he can get another tonight, which he already has one. Two minutes on this power play for Tampa, and away we go. The only thing for Corey Perry now is to be on the right side of the team to be able to lift a cup here. So Kucherov back on the ice after the heavy hit against Manson. And again, Kucherov, I really like that one. Not only can he score, but he can also hit as well. As this goes back from Victor Hedman and now, Andre Pollat near the right side dot. He's going to play it here for Nikita Kucherov. I want to see Nikita Kucherov probably shoot a little bit more of these as well. But they might just take their time being up by four. So Stamkos, he's going to leave this here for Kucherov. And Sergachev. Sergachev plays this across here for Hedman to the screen. And this goes back here to Nikita. Nikita's going to play this one back around from Sergachev. Kucherov's got it now toward the right side blue line. It's Victor Hedman. Big time slapper. A glove save there by Francois. The last shot was about 92 miles an hour. Kucherov centered in the slot. Big save by Francois. And as it gets cleared down the ice, and if the score line was any closer, we would definitely be marking that one down on the sheet. Kucherov, nice play to keep it alive. Hedman 
puts it through the screen, and it goes, bounces off the kick play back to Colorado. Kel McCarr just trying to get this one out. Kucherov expertly trying to keep it alive on the blue line, and here's a chance. That was Darren Helm trying to keep that one alive, but Nick Paul will go back in behind the big cat cage and uh, take a little bit of a respite. He's going to leave the puck in behind. Maybe Tampa can get some changes. This is Mikhail Sergachev. Nice saucer down the ice. And Kucherov now, he took a big hit on the other side. And we'll see if there's going to be a call on that end as we got a meeting. And again, as I imagine, Nikita Kucherov fighting his own battles there with Devin Tays. Love the effort from the Russian superstar. Kucherov narrowly avoiding injury right there. He was taken down to the ice. I wasn't sure if it was Nijushkin or another Avalanche player, but his left leg, Kucherov's, that is, folded underneath him, but luckily popped out. The skate blade did not catch the ice. That could have been an ACL or another knee injury right there. Kucherov, I'm going to say lucky to come away without a serious injury. We've seen some dangerous moments tonight, uh, for, particularly for Tampa Bay's players. Nick Paul seems to have narrowly avoided a serious leg injury. Kucherov right there. And listen, you said you wanted Kucherov to shoot more. Uh, he just texted me and said, uh, sorry, John, I'm too busy checking people. <laughs> that's what he has done in this third period. My goodness, I can't believe that he avoided, Kucherov, that is, avoided a penalty on his huge hit uh, several minutes ago in this period. But boy, oh boy, that was a dangerous play right there from Taves as he shoved Kucherov down to the ice. Uh, and it's going to be a two-man advantage for the Lightning, 26 seconds to go, and they will have another minute and a half or so of uh, man advantage, depending on what happens on this five-on-three. Hey, Cooper, I'm going to sit here and be honest with you. I know I'm not going to say I have any bias. So as much as I like watching Alex Ovechkin, I put Nikita Kucherov in that same point. When the playoffs are on and Nikita Kucherov is playing, he is appointment television. As we're back underneath the way now, Sergeyev with the bomb, and this goes back as it bounces to Corey Perry. Picked up now off the fake slap shot. McDonough wants one. It goes to Stamkos. Bah for Kucherov! And it goes up and on a play. And uh, John, actually, uh, now I'm getting a text. Hang on, he's typing. Uh, that's Kucherov saying, John, are you happy now? I just <laughs> took a slap shot. <laughs> so eight seconds to go here in Tampa Bay's two-man advantage. Still 6-2. to two. No, no goal scoring here in the third period. And I'm going to say something, John. I'm looking at Kucherov, who just skated to the bench. Oh, no. Uh, he slammed the door behind him. I'm seeing this on the ABC feed. It looks like he is feeling some discomfort. I'm not sure if it's that left knee, but we have got to keep an eye on that. Man, that is going to change the landscape of this series if that is a situation. They're already without Braden Point, without Kucherov. That could be devastating. But we still have a game left to go here. Tampa looks to have that one done. But again, all intents and purposes, we'll figure out Wednesday what really is happening now. Cogliano off a three-on-one. He gets it back. Good defense there by Anthony Sorelli. I felt like I've said that many times. He's just really, really good on defense on that first line for John Cooper's squad. Maybe a little bit snake bit as far as scoring goals, but definitely Sorelli has always been in the right spot. So Victor Hedman... A minute left to go on the power play. Now a little slap pass ahead. It actually did hit Kemper, but we're going to get a blown whistle here with 5.20 left. Is it too many men on the ice? Yeah, John, this is just developing for me here on my video feed. Yeah, Hedman with an interesting choice there to sort of slap pass right down the center of the rank. That made it all the way to Fransos' uh, paddle. 
and play was whistled dead. I'm not seeing anything here. Yes, I am. Finally, we're cutting back to the official. Holds up six fingers, and your call was correct, my friend. Too many men on the ice. Uh, however, I'm not uh, fully clear on which team is taking that penalty. John, did you get a read on that? I'm trying to look at it right now on the Sportsnet feed, and honestly, I, I know math is not my strong suit, but I didn't see it. Now I see a 4-on-4, four four, so it's got to go against Tampa in that regard. So Francois is leaving the goal cage. So Jared Bednar, again, why not at this point when you have Devin Tays, Kill McCarr, uh, Val Nachuskin, any of those guys you want to throw out there, it's McKinnon and Landeskog. We'll see what ends up happening here. So the net is empty. This goes back to Kel McCarr through the screen. Stopped there by the big cat, Andre Vasilevsky. Picked up now toward the right dot. Colorado trying to make some inroads here with five minutes with the net pulled. McKinnon into the screen. One, a save there by Vasilevsky off the tip in front by Landeskog. Don't know how he made that one, but he did. That's why he's Vasilevsky. Picked up now, Kale McCarr powers it to McKinnon. McKinnon going to hold off the back skate and leave it here for Kale. Kale working his way toward the right dot, goes back to Nathan McKinnon, but he lost the puck, and everybody's going to have to go back and re-enter into the offensive zone. McKinnon, turn it on the Jets, it's one on four, gets the shot off anyway. Vasilevsky makes the save. This bounces off the kick plate near the left dot, almost picked up by the avalanche, and now Kale McCarr. Plays this one with Miko Rantanen. So Colorado with the extra man, although they are down four. They have a power play, so it's really just a six on four at this point for Jared Bednar's squad. They're really good on the power play, but it probably isn't enough time to score four goals. Picked up now, Val Nachuskin. Slap shot across for Rantanen, and that one goes wide and back down toward the yawning cage. 40 seconds left to go on the Colorado power play. 39 shots on goal to 30 in favor of the Avs, but Tampa is up 6-2, trying to make this a 2-1 series and get back into it. Victor Hedman, as this is bounced out in front, cleared down the ice, but it bounced off one of the Avs players, so the Avs have possession now. Here comes Nathan McKinnon once more. Good stick check there by Tampa, as they have to reset there. Nachuskin tries to play this one across, but Sorelli gets it, and now we have the hand up in the air again with 3.31 left in the third. Very interesting, John. I want to just make sure, I'm not sure if, if you mentioned this uh, before we went through that long sequence here. Kucherov, back to the room. He went back to the dressing room and is not on the bench for Tampa Bay. I'm going to try not to scream internally <laughs> when I think about all that stuff, but man, that would really change the landscape of this series, and we would have plenty talking points on Wednesday if I meet up with you on that, because, again, I'm not rooting for the one of these teams, but I would be fundamentally sad if a player like that is not available to go. So Colorado's power play is going to end here. Bowen Byram gets the entry off the back end. He's going to leave it off the back pass there for Nathan McKinnon. Try to get played out in front. Scott gets turned over, cleared out there by Tampa Bay. So it's Francois back in the cage. They tried to make something happen of a 6-on-4 up the power play, and it did not. And this goes back to Devin Tays. we got about three minutes left to go in Game 3. John out here with you as your play-by-play -play man. I'm joined by Cooper Hopkins here at Amelie Arena in Tampa. 
Tampa trying to make this a 2-1 series and change this narrative. Again, it's not to believe that, at least on our side, that Tampa couldn't do it, but you wanted to see after the first two games if you were going to see that type of effort from the back-to-back -back champs, and you certainly did. Bowen Byram plays it now as this goes between Manson. Byram trying to go in off the forecheck, actually, as he had a nice skate in, and this bounced back here for Pat Maroon. He's going to dump this in deeper here as Riley Nash will play this around the kick plate. Picked up now by Colorado. Again, all over but the crying right now with 2.13, and then we get another whistle. Pat Maroon comes in together. Some punches here from JT Comfer. And the Zebos trying to break this up before anything else blows out of proportion. Oh, yes, indeed. Are we surprised? Boy, Pat Maroon, he can put him in the net, and he can also put the fist right in your face. That was, that's what he we was doing. We got a big brawl going between Connor and Colton. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm seeing it now, John. This thing is blown out of proportion. Oh, my. Out of proportion now. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Cooper, but that was some good fists on the other side in between the two. That was a good scrap that we just had. Yes, indeed. Thank you for jumping right in there. That's the, the penalty, is a, excuse me, the price I pay for uh, being on a slight delay. And that was a full-on fist fight, man. Gloves on the ice and fists in faces. Uh, what an exchange right there between these two teams. And the fans at Amelie Arena are on their feet cheering on the Bulls. Wow, what a sequence. O'Connor and Colton for your viewing pleasure on that one. And that was one of the better fights that we're going to see in the Stanley Cup playoffs, let alone in the finals here. So it's probably going to be a 6-2 scoreline, but we know for the fact that this game is officially going to be over. I, I can go ahead and say that now. So what's going to await us on Wednesday is the particular question. Will Tampa make this a 2-2 series, or will Colorado take a 3-1 edge going back to Ball Arena on Friday night? There's a lot to talk about. Oh, John, so much to talk about. And again, uh, thank you for getting right in there as we had the fisticuffs. Uh, what, a, what a fight. <laughs> you don't often see that in a Stanley Cup final, but gloves were dropped uh, and haymakers were thrown. You know what? You were just saying that it's all over, but the, the tears, something to that effect. Uh, and we're thinking of Colorado in that respect. But my goodness. Nikita Kucherov and his 153 career Stanley Cup playoff points. Uh, if he's not able to go two nights from now, there might be some tears for the folks wearing lightning bolts on their chests as well. That is now, of all the storylines we've talked about, the goaltending for Colorado, the defensive laps for the, lapses for the Avalanche, uh, the way that Tampa Bay has bounced back as a team, my goodness that they're missing 86, John. What could we say about that? Again, I, I try not to say this too lightly, but there might be some tears from your play-by-play -play man again, because Cooper, if he can't go, uh, we could throw every other storyline between games 1, 2, and 3 out the window, could we not? Uh, that Listen, I think you were picking up what I was laying down. That is uh, such a massive piece, not only for this uh, storyline as a, as, a, as a hockey series, but my goodness. Just for his teammates, knowing that you have 86 on the ice with you and knowing the difference that he can make, not only as a goal scorer, but as we saw in this period, laying the body, uh, just committing yourself to your team's cause. Oh, we're going to have to see what uh, John Cooper has to say after this game. Obviously, we're not going to get any details, but for everyone, we're hoping he can go. 
So between what we talk about, between Kel McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, uh, make no mistake about it, uh, Nikita Kucherov, he's on that very same elite level, and he's been doing it time and time and time again here for the Bolts. So this game is essentially over here as Tampa is on the power play with a minute 40 left in the third, but all intrigue will be figuring out between Wednesday and Friday of availability, and that's the unfortunate part. Palat now for Hedman toward the right side dot, normally where Kucherov would be on this power play. Palat fakes the slapper, gives it Sorelli. It's open space. Palat will shoot it, and this goes just wide. Now this goes back from Hedman to Palat, but again, Andre Palat's pretty good on the power play line if you want to throw him on that side. It's just the even strength that we'll be wondering. Hedman with the bomb off the bar! The right side of the bar there at 95 miles an hour. As this goes back around for Palat. Picked up now by the captain, Steven Stamkos. Palat now toward the right dot as it was a nice long pass. Stamkos with the whistle. And that one goes just wide as it's cleared down the ice. 50 seconds left to go in Game 3. Whether it's Facebook Live or ColorCast, we appreciate anyone that's stepped in and out during this broadcast. Cooper Hopkins and I don't really care about the likes. We're just happy to be able to bring this broadcast here with you. And this is pretty much the best time of the year in the Stanley Cup Finals. And we're going to be happy to see a 2-1 line rather than a 3 nothing Because we want to be able to get Game 5 and more to you here. So 20 seconds left to go in the Tampa power play. They've been sitting the last 20 seconds in behind their own end, and the everybody's waving the towels and the pom-poms. Colorado's content to let them do it. Everybody's excited here at Amelie Arena, as they should be here, Cooper. It is a 6-2 final. Wow, John. What a game. What a surprise. So many things to talk about. A huge 6-2 win for the home Tampa Bay Lightning. We get a little extracurricular after that final horn sounds. Nothing too serious. Uh, a couple items looks like they were tossed onto the ice as well there. So uh, let's hope the Lightning fans here in Florida can keep things positive for their boys who yeah. just took home a big victory. Uh, you know, and I think there's a positive here for Colorado uh, as you and I wrap up this broadcast. And Steven Stamkos indicating to the fans here, he's saying, please do not throw any items onto the ice. Um, a note from ABC, first team in the Stanley Cup final history to win uh, after, excuse me, not in history, but since 1919, to come back and win a game after losing by seven or more goals. That is the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. They were so close to scoring seven of their own. That slapper, as time was expiring, goes off of the iron to Francois's left. But to Pavel Francois's credit, this is the positive that I was referring to a moment ago, Colorado can say that their backup goaltender turned away nine of ten shots that he faced. Uh, Colorado buckled down in that third period and did not give up any additional goals. They found themselves with some scoring chances. They did not put any in, but they looked decent while putting forth some solid effort in that third period. Uh, John, we've, uh, we've really belabored this point, but I think rightfully so. The health of the Tampa Bay Lightning in particular is something to keep an eye on. Is there any lingering effect for Nick Paul? And certainly, uh, will there be availability uh, or any uh, reduction in ability for Nikita Kucherov? 
I know I just listed off a lot of stuff right there, but man, this series is chock full of things to talk about. John, what's on your mind as we wrap up this 6-2 Game 3 victory for Tampa Bay? It was the bounce back that Tampa Bay really needed. Again, there was nothing done in the third period. I don't think that was all too particularly important on the Tampa Bay side. You wanted to have that belief that was shown you in between the shots, the hits, the face-offs, power plays, special teams, penalty kill, everything was favoring Colorado. Well, you know what? you got to come back to Amelie Arena for these next two games, and we'll see how that narrative changes. John Cooper's squad, and John Cooper in particular, have to be very, very happy with the team effort that you've seen in Game 3. I think it's unfair for me to say, but I'm going to say it now. You throw out some of those names. Braden Point didn't play tonight, Nick Paul got banged up, and Nikita Kucherov went back to the room. Those are three paramount cornerstone pieces for Tampa. And you just can't. I don't care how good Tampa plays in this game four. Maybe it'd be one of those situations where it's a one-goal game, not a four-goal scoreline. But I don't see how even doubling or triple shifting Steven Stamkos and Anthony Sorelli, they're not Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I hope those pieces can come back for Tampa because I just don't see how you definitively recover from something like that. Yeah, and you know, one stat that I just noticed that I will leave you with, uh, you are definitely the stat man. I'm just pulling this one out for you. Regardless of the loss tonight for Colorado, uh, which uh, still leaves them with a 2-1 advantage in this Stanley Cup final, teams that held a 2-0 advantage in Stanley Cup final history have gone on to win the Stanley Cup 47 times, only five times has a 2-0 lead been lost when it comes to hoisting the most important and beautiful trophy in sports. John, uh, thank you again, my friend. This was fantastic, as it always is. Um, always love your insight. Excellent play-by-play. And, hey, you had to call another eight goals tonight. So it was just, a, just an average evening at the office for John Ott and uh, yours truly. It was, uh, it was a pleasure, my friend. I hope we get to do this again soon, man. We will talk to you and keep in touch. Game four will be on Wednesday. I hope everyone's looking forward to it. As always, man, it's such a great time. Such a pleasure to have you on the broadcast. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, pal. Uh, And we will uh, do this again. All right. See you.